Industry-leading, difference-making, tomorrow-shaping, world-changing. These are a few of the adjectives people use to describe the technologies and companies Deloitte works with day in and day out. Join us, and soon those very same adjectives could describe your career too. Explore technology careers at Deloitte.com slash techcareers and make an impact on business, technology, and society while engineering your future. At Deloitte. Going live. Podcast is intended for mature audiences. The views and opinions expressed are those of the panelists and do not reflect in any way those of the podcast partners, sponsors, or affiliates. Enjoy. Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and you're listening to the voice of the people. Let's get ready for Boxing Voice. Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You'll fight with my body. This a dollar beat. This a dollar beat. BoxingVoice.com. You won't have it with nobody. I had to walk real quick because I don't know how to handle that shit. This a dollar beat. You never gonna get the fight. You're a horrible fighter. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Boxing Voice Radio. I am your host, Nesta Gibbs, joined alongside Daniel Alvarez, Ringwalk Danny. What's going on, champ? What's up, champ? Non-stop. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We're back with another one. But this time, we're going to bring you a jam-packed show. We're going to have our daily round table. But this time, we'll be joined with former two-time champion, Paulie Malinaji, and uh, commentator, broadcaster, Claudia Trejos, and, and we'll be going over these four main topics. Obviously, uh, on the first of the agenda will be Daniel Jacobs getting back into the mix, and Daniel Ryder looking for the biggest win John, of his career. John Ryder. Oh, yeah, John Ryder. Absolutely. No, I said um, Daniel. You know, and obviously... A lot of Daniels in here between you and Jacobs, bro. Right. Um, obviously, we will be doing the live fight chat come Saturday. Yes. Um, it will be a early afternoon... Um, fight chat as the fight is in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be live. 2 o'clock. It should be around 2 o'clock. 2 Because I've seen it says 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Right. So it'll be two about 2 p.m. Um, Pacific for our West Coast listeners. Um, so we'll be doing the live fight chat in studio for that. Uh, we, we will be, um, you know, obviously talking about the fight. They did face off today uh, over across the pond. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we finally got contracts signed on both sides from Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez, obviously, that is a unification fight, a fight that's been years in the making. You know, for those who remember, uh, Shakur was Valdez's mandatory at featherweight before Valdez chose to vacate and move up. Obviously, Shakur, you know, fought Joe Gonzalez for the vacant title. So that's been a fight, you know, several years here in the making, a great unification and a great fight for the sport of boxing, right? 
We always preach the one face, one name in every division, and that is exactly what is happening here. Um, Eddie Hearn has revealed Chris Van Heerden has accepted an offer to fight Connor Ben on April the 16th. Um, obviously, for those who may not know, Maurice Hooker was offered and accepted the fight. He, however, cannot um, partake as he had an injury that forced him to pull out of the fight. And um, Showtime, right? Showtime making big moves. Um, the April 16th welterweight unification mm -hmm. from Arlington, Texas, between Errol Spence and Jordanis Ugas, um, to the surprise of many, will be televised by Showtime. Obviously, people were anticipating a Fox pay-per-view. Yes, we were. As they both have recently, um, as of late, been fighting on Fox and via Fox pay-per-view. So... Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think Showtime's trying to make a big play on these fights. I'm hearing another one that they may and are looking to get is a Charlo Castaño. Well, they have that already. Do Isn't they? that March 19th? For, yeah, that's on Showtime. It, it is Showtime. Okay, so, you know, um, you know, we'll be obviously touching on all these topics. We do have, you know, some other news and notes we'll be getting to as well. We will have Pauli Malonazzi, two-time world champion of the world, live in studio, um, roundtable with us. And, you yep. know, um, famous, uh, well-known and respected commentator and Claudia Trejos will be joining us as well, live in studio, um, with maybe a few other surprises, Ness. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely we're also scheduled to get Blair Cobbs on the show uh, a little later, so... Yeah, if we can get uh, Paulie and, and Claudia, it would be great so we could get this ball on the road. But we do have a couple of news and notes. We'll just put those out there while we wait. Obviously, Sean Porter uh, doubled down, and he stands on uh, what he says. He did clarify, but it's pretty much exactly what he said. Uh, he still believes Boots Ennis is overrated. Uh, then we'll be touching on Lubin versus Fundora. Uh, for Lubin, another eliminator, Unbelievable, which is bro. crazy, but it's going to be a headliner for Showtime, which you were just talking about picking up a lot of cards with the possibility of a Jerron Ennis and Castillo Clayton on the undercard, according to Keith Eidick from Boxing Scene. And then obviously the saddest news of all the news is that uh, Roger Gutierrez is out of the Chris Colbert fight due to COVID, and now Colbert seeks a new opponent to headline his February 26th Showtime triple header. And I hope that he finds someone. I'm going to go ahead and say Gamboa, Gamboa, no, you know, come I, out and play. Obviously, Gamboa is the clear and obvious option um, based here in Las Vegas. Um, he was supposed to fight Chris Colbert last summer in July mm -hmm. at the old StubHub. And obviously, that fell through because Gamboa suffered an injury in camp. Uh, broken ribs to be exact hasn't been back since um i think it's a good barometer given the names that gamboa has been in the ring with given his experience um you know so let's see let's see what happens um we know as of late that a lot of promoters and networks have had fighters on standby uh case in point uh luke santa maria you know it's a fighter, you know, they usually have fighters for the main event. You know, if in case somebody falls through, they do have a backup plan. Um, we are not certain that that is the case for this. But as we are two weeks out, hopefully um, we can get someone in there for Chris Colbert. That fight is supposed to take place here in Las Vegas at the Cosmopolitan uh, Chelsea's Theater, right? 
And then David Benavides has told reporters that he believes Jamal Charlo versus Caleb Plant is happening next. So he's welcoming a fight with Bubu Andrade. Obviously, something that was being discussed this morning as far as possible uh, opponents and fights for Bubu. Um, and why not? You know, I think that'd be a great fight. I know that he, uh, first he has task at hand and David Lemieux. Um, but I would be all for that Which fight. Which hasn't been announced officially. Not yet. officially. Not officially. But, um, again, you know, we talked about that this morning. And, and by that, I mean, uh, you know, the reality that we live in. And this reality, no way Al Heyman fighter David Benavides is going to be fighting Demetrius Andrade at all. I, I just don't I don't believe that. No, and I couldn't agree more. You know, obviously, uh, look, Canelo being the biggest name in the sport, they couldn't even work something out where it was you know eddie involved you know a the zone a matchroom fighter um or in the case the promoter so if they can't do that you know uh i don't see it as well you know it, it's nice to to dream a little but like we were stating this morning on the show you got to be uh, a realist realistic man in this business so um but if if no Gamboa, well, I guess let's stick with the news and notes because I don't. I, it seems like uh, they may be doing something else at the moment. So rather than you know regurgitate the predictions and things like that, I say we stick with the news and notes and work backwards until we get Paulie and uh, Claudia on. That's so sure. um, you know, going into the Sean Porter uh, stands by his uh, words of overrated. Uh, did you catch the article on boxing scene? I did. Um, you know, I did catch the article. And, you know, obviously it has stirred up a lot and brought a lot of attention, mm -hmm. given that Sean has recently retired and given that Boots is one of the prominent names in the welterweight division and in the sport of boxing right now. You know, being promoted by Cameron Duncan doesn't have, you know, commonly mistaken, people think that, he is a PBC fighter. Yes. Jerron Ennis is not a PBC fighter. Mm -hmm. um, but it would not surprise me to see him work something out with Al. Um, Hopefully sooner rather than later. You know, and for those who haven't seen the boxing scene article, I just want to read this quote from sure. Sean Porter really quick. He said, Boots is overrated. And this Can is what... a screen share here, uh, George? You got it pulled up? Yep. Okay, perfect. Boots is overrated, and this is why I say he's overrated. Everybody is so hyped up on him, but he hasn't been in the ring with any world champion yet, Porter said. Don't forget, I'm the one that said... This dude is the closest thing we got to Roy Jones. I've said that. I'm on record. I believe that. But at the same time, every name that you throw at that you throw out, Boots will smash him. Boots will smash him. Damn, like, let the fight happen and say Boots smashed him or, man, that was a great fight. Boots did well. But don't blatantly say Boots will smash everybody in the 147-pound division. End quote. Um, you know, he then... Goes on to say, you know, that I believe Boots is overrated in everybody's mind because the way everybody talks about Boots, everybody talks about Boots as if he's going to smash everybody that he gets in the ring with, not giving anybody a chance. Ah, Ter Terrence Crawford don't want to see Boots. Errol Spence Jr. don't want to see Boots. Ugas don't want to see Boots. Um, and then 
obviously Jerron did respond. But that was this was his old response. Right. This is Sean now doubling down because you know obviously it, it went you know boxing viral. Sean calls Boots overrated, so he had to respond. So Boots responded. I heard you. Showtime Sean Porter tagging him said I was overrated. You know as he posted on Twitter. You was just saying I'm ready and too much for these guys laughing out loud with the thinking face emoji. And you said you won't fight me, the yawn emoji. But keep the same energy, though. If I'm so overrated, come out of retirement and fight me. Now people retire and I'm overrated. Yeah, man. But look at look at, look at at Porter on a Fight Hub interview. I said what I said. I meant what I said. When I use the phrase overrated, I'm basically throwing that at anyone who does not follow the boxing game and has not watched Jerron Ennis since he was in the Golden Gloves. What we know about Ennis is all true, but what people say I'm not in full agreement with. I'm in full agreement that he's the next star. I'm in full agreement with that. What I'm not in full agreement with is when people say he's going to watch that fighter, that fighter, that fighter. I'm like, hey, this guy is going to be in some really great boxing matches. Let those matches happen. Don't just put the stigma of him watching every fighter he's getting in the ring with. Once a few people say that, that's what his reputation is. He is next, but I don't think he watches the top three to four guys in the welterweight division. Um, honestly, he is a problem. He might be all four of those top guys, but for everybody to just say he's watching them, he's watching them. I can't rock with that. Um, and when asked if he had, uh, any retort to Ennis's response, Porter said, I don't have nothing to say to it and that there's really no beef. Porter added that he is a fan of Ennis, just not all of his hype. Um... If there was no Jerron Ennis ever, Sean Porter would have still retired November 20th of 2021, Porter said. I am definitely a fan of his, a fan of his family. I definitely feel that he's going to be next. At the same time, I'd rather the fights happen as opposed to the stigma that nobody's got any competition for him. There's definitely competition for him. Um... I'm there to do a job. Okay, yeah. I'm there to give my personal analytical opinion. One thing that separates me from other analysts out there in the boxing game, nobody taught me to be analytical. I just made this way. The way I'm on TV is the way I am off TV. Okay, Porter. Um, just want your thoughts on... on He's I, got a head of a lot of quotes, though. He's still got more shit to say down here. Lord, have mercy. You know, I just want your thoughts uh, on the topic at hand. Obviously, there is the comments and, you know, the slight back and forth between the two gentlemen. But your thoughts on just the topic at hand. We're good with the screen share, George. You know, just the topic at hand, is, you know, of Porter's comments and saying that Boots is overrated. I mean, look, people called Loma a hype job. Know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that get called a hype job. So overrated hype job is kind of – Ryan's a hype job in in some people's eyes. So overrated uh, hype job is kind of the same thing. At the end of the day, they got to prove who they are. You know what I'm saying? And that's all Porter's really saying. Like, cool, you think he beats those guys? Well, let those fights happen. Don't just say he washes everybody. And I get that. It's like a dude that that has never been – 
He's never he his biggest win is Thomas DeLorme, and they talking about he'll be Bud. Like so, so I get what Porter's saying. You know what I'm saying? Let, let me ask you this: um, Are you are you one that believes in the eye test? I mean, I guess I was made a believer of the eye test because for so many years people kept saying Crawford, oh the eye test, and I'm like, who's he beat? No, the eye test. And that's who's he beat? Oh, the eye test. And look, you know what I'm saying? Look at look at what he did to Porter. You know what I'm saying? And and, and, and at the end of the day, he's the last one of the last two standing. So. I guess there's a place for the eye test in boxing somewhere. I don't know that that that, that is what I use as my end-all, be-all. So for me personally, not that I use it as my end-all, be-all, but when people bring up boots, and I was saying this uh, before the Delorme fight, when mm -hmm. people bring up Jerron Ennis, what comes to mind for me is the same way I felt Back in 2015, when I saw Earl Spence fight Phil LaGreco, I'm like, yo, this guy's the next one, right? Mm -hmm. And he has gone on to prove us, right, for those who felt that way, as, you know, being unified champion of the world in the welterweight division on April the 16th in Arlington, Texas, fighting for, you know, three quarters of the welterweight stake. I feel a lot of that with boots for me personally, right? I am a believer of the eye test, but I haven't felt like this uh, over a fighter since Errol Spence in 2015. I remember seeing him fight uh, late replacement Phil Greco. I'm like, yo, this dude's nice. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of people, at least people I've spoken to. In that the, was on the Broner uh, Porter undercard. It was on <coughs> NBC, June 20th, 2015. Um, you know, for me, that's the way I feel. Ooh, shout out to Supermax with the dope super chat for sure, for sure, man. <laughs> That's hitting you right there in your eye test, buddy. He said, Adrian Broner passed everybody's eye test in 2012. Errol Spence passed mine in 2015. I'm just saying. He's just telling you that, you know, that don't necessarily mean what you see is what you get at the end of the career. No, nah, for sure. For sure. You know, and that's why I asked the question, you know, are you a believer in that? Because um, I've heard it, like I said, like I've said, yes I've, and no. I've heard it from numerous people in the boxing world. You know, whether it be media members, whether it be publicists, whoever it may be, mm -hmm. I've heard, I've heard that, I've heard that comparison. I personally uh, relate to the comparison uh, because that is my personal opinion. Um, but you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see. You know, to me, a a fight like a Sean Porter would be great, right? You know, Sean, obviously a very respected and decorated uh, multi-time. I don't champion. want that fight though. Like no, 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 Porter no, no. just retired. They come out of retirement to fight Ennis. It's like now we're gonna be questioning the entire fight. We like, oh, is he really in it? Or is he yeah, in for no, a paycheck? No, no, no. I don't, and I don't expect it to happen. Um, but a fight like that would make sense in the in the terms of you know Porter being because he said he ain't fought no champion. You're a multi-time, you know, multi-time champion. It ain't going to be Porter. No, it's not. But he better get his hands on Thurman. Keith, Keith would that's make sense, too. That's what he's going to have to do. Yeah, Keith would make sense, too. You know, um, I don't know that that's a fight Keith would want. And not that he's scared of boots, but in the sense of I've proven myself. I deserve a bigger fight. I deserve a, a, a champion. You know, something along those lines. Um, but you know what? And as far as what Sean said and... Let's see those fights absolutely. Let's see them. Let's see them because if people think what I think about boots, and he proves he proves everybody right and everything him and his his dad have been saying, bro, we got another superstar in the welterweight division. Oh yeah, 
Uh, but he's got to get an opportunity. And it's like you said, you know, I mean, Keith Eidick said it best. We had him on the show. He's going to have to uh, align himself with Al Heyman in order to get those big fights, or he'll be just like Terrence Crawford on the outside looking in to those big fights. But um, speaking of boots, we can jump to another news and note um, because we'll keep that as a news and note. We don't need Claudia and, you know, uh, I guess Paulie for that. But common opponent with boots and Earl Spence, Chris Van Heerden, He's stepping in for Maurice Hooker. He's getting the Conor Ben fight. It's not official, but Eddie Heron has come out and said that that, that Van Heerden has accepted the offer. Now, whether or not, you know, uh, Matchroom chooses to go with Conor or not, you know, depends. But, you know, Conor at least can fight Van Heerden because he accepted the offer if they choose to go with him. But what do you think of that fight? Um, I mean, technically, only Earl stopped him. Uh, the fight with Ennis was, uh, you know, stop doo-doo cuts. It, 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 it ended in a no contest. No, It wasn't a knockout or anything like that. Um, and Van Heerden's a big, big guy. I don't know. What, what do you think about this fight for, for Conor Ben? I think, quite honestly, it is a, I guess, a step down in a sense from the fight with Chris Algieri. Um, the reason I say that because I I just feel I I mean yeah Algeria was a former world champion at know, the very least he won the WBO world title and after you know being stopped by Earl he really didn't fight anybody of note up until the Boots Ennis fight you know like I like you said um, that was no contest because of an accidental headbutt cut that Van Heerden suffered in the first round. And it was unfortunate, right, because a lot of people were looking at that fight as a barometer fight for Boots. But nonetheless, um, you know, Conor Ben coming off that spectacular uh, knockout win over Chris Algieri, I wanted to see him against someone of, uh, you know, higher note. But the fact that uh, Maurice Hooker did get injured, I guess, Still pushing him on April 16th would be good for him and for his career, keeping him busy, obviously. And, you know, of course, just like anything, there's going to be the comparisons. Um, can to he, Earl. To, can he did what Earl did seven years ago? Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be that comparison. So um, a lot of people are still count, count, counting out Conor Ben. Um, he's starting to make me a bit of, of a believer, but obviously uh, – the actions in the ring will speak and will show if he's uh, the real deal. Um, as a replacement, I don't mind him. You know, the fight is still two and a half months, two months out. You know, about seven weeks out. I'm sorry, about nine weeks out. So, I don't mind it. Um, not a fight I would have liked to see. But, once again, the Maurice Hooker injury obviously delayed, did delay things for... Um, for Conor Ben, you know, having a different opponent, you know, the only thing I do know, uh, Van Heerden's been out of the ring. If that fight does take place on April the 16th, it'll have been like a year and a half. You mm-hmm. know, he didn't fight not once last year. Um, you know he's managed by Peter Kahn. Yes. Who, Who else does Peter Kahn manage? George Cambosos. What are you getting at? Just saying, connecting the dots. I'm trying to connect the dots, too. I mean, who does Eddie have? Devin Haney. Who does 
Peter Conhead. Chris Van Heerden. And? George Cambosis. Uh, I got you, I got you, I got you, yeah. I like your head, champ. One hand washes the other. You know, but we were saying the same thing about Lou and Top Rank, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see. We'll you see know, whose I, relationship is stronger. You know, I guess I guess we'll see. Um. So, uh, moving on Lubin? to... Lubin, let's do Lubin. Lubin versus Fundora to headline April 9th on Showtime. That's like almost around the corner. That's like right there, you know what? Two months away. Two months away. Two months away. He's in camp in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas. I, Should be in studio here soon enough. Yeah, I was texting Chen. Not today. Not today. But soon enough. I was texting. Uh, I'll text uh, Kevin Cunningham. He said next week. Yeah, so Erickson said this week was pretty jam-packed, mm-hmm. but... Uh, you know, he'll be in training camp for this fight out here in Las Vegas. You I know, wonder what made the move from Florida to uh, up here. Um, in studio with us. Two- what up? <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Two-time champion of the world. Uh-oh. Claudia, you're cold? Oh. oh, don't be frightened. Wait, he, no. there you go. Don't be frightened. You you were wearing your overcoat just a little bit, like a yeah. A I mean, you're right. You're right. Back there, it's a lot warmer over here. So, guys, we won't we won't bore you too long. We got a couple of main hot little button topics we want to talk about. Obviously, uh, Paula, you being from New York City, the former fighter, two time champion. We want to talk about your good friend Daniel Jacobs versus Daniel. I mean, John. versus John Ryder. That's the Jesus. second time I called him mm-hmm. Daniel. Daniel, it's because his name is Daniel Alvarez. That's why. <laughs> As in Saul Alvarez? Yeah, but they're not related. I love the way you no, say no, Alvarez. No How does it go? Alvarez? Alvarez. Gracias. Gracias. Alvarez. Alvarez. Is it I don't want to make Paulie feel left out? Paulie speaks perfect Spanish. What are you talking about? Vamos a ver si es verdad. ¿Es verdad o no? Hablo español. Y bastante, bastante bien. No sabías. Mira, mira, me tiene sorprendido. Ah, no, bien. porque como 80%. Oh, 80%. No, 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 100%. Como 80%. ¿Y el mexicano? ¿Va a poder hablar el mexicano? ¿Tú puedes hablar? Claro que sí. Oh, a ver, que sí, a ver. Claro que sí. Sacateca, sí, señor. Ey, yo no soy barrio, yo no soy. Estemos para no selfies. Vamos, Let's vamos, go. vamos, vamos, vamos. <laughs> okay, okay. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and get back to English. First topic. Oh, okay. First topic. Yeah, the we'll fans do... in England don't understand the Spanish. Right? I know, I know. <laughs> and, I know, and they're waiting to hear about John Ryder and his shot at uh, getting a win over Daniel Jacobs, which I believe would be the biggest win of his career. And then for Jacobs, this is obviously a crossroads fight. If he doesn't get this fight, him and his team have to have a serious I think conversation. It's a fight, man. Daniel has to yes, you know, be focused got... for this fight. John, John, John Ryder is a sleeper, man. I mean, I, I've seen, I've worked some of his fights from earlier in his career when like he wasn't known here on this side of the, of the, mm-hmm. of the Atlantic. And he was always a very efficient fighter, you know. He'd come up a little Busy. short in, in a fight. No, he was very crafty, very crafty, you know. And uh, I tell you, he got a, he got a, he got a shot with Callum Smith and kind of broke through. But I think he had a, he had a pretty decent win before the Callum Smith fight. Didn't he? Didn't he get a win that got him the Callum Smith fight? Uh, to get the Callum Smith, uh, Bil- the Bilal Akawi on the um. They were really touting him up uh, over on the Golden Boy side. Okay. Um, that was on the Canelo Triple G two undercard. Um, he got and you know Akawi was the favorite in that fight, and he got uh, John Ryder got a third round TKO in that one. You know, but he's had very close decisions even early on in his career. You know, a very narrow, very tight unanimous decision loss to Billy Joe uh, back in the day. Uh, the 
Rocky Fielding fight was a split decision loss. Mm-hmm. You know, Callum was a un- unanimous decision, but he still made it a tough fight. So, you know. Well, that's the fight that got everyone's attention because Eddie Reynoso was posting on his social media questioning whether or not it was really uh, John Ryder that beat Callum that night. No, that definitely. So, you know, Daniel Jacobs, you know, I feel like boxing is a what have you done for me lately sort of sort of yes. sport. And, you know, a lot of people question the Gabe Rosado fight. A lot of a lot of people weren't impressed with the Chavez Jr. up to that point. Well, that, but I wouldn't I wouldn't blame that on Daniel. Let's be honest on this one. I mean, I think one of the key fights for Daniel Jacobs was Derevianchenko. That was the key fight where I saw a lot of flaws and I saw a lot of problems with his footwork because Derevianchenko did whatever he wanted. Now, it was a gimme for Jacobs because I saw him lose. But nonetheless, then he came to Alvarez. But you, you thought he lost the Derevianchenko fight? Yeah. Oh. Derevianchenko has had some tough luck. Man. No, yeah. I, absolutely. And that I, was- I, it, it, was a, it was a tight fight, but in my scorecard, math is not my forte, but I had it checked a couple of times and I had given it to Derevianchenko. Uh, it was a very tough fight for Daniel. And for yeah. those of you who don't remember, that was the fight before the Canelo fight. Yeah. He won by split decision. Um, extremely close. And mind you, those two were uh, training partners. You know, the... Yeah, no, they used had, to... They had the split camps. Uh, Andre Rogier chose to go with, obviously, and Daniel Gar- Jacobs. And Gary, Starks. and Gary Starks chose Absolutely. to go with Sergey Derevianchenko. Uh, so they were longtime Spartan partners, without a doubt. Uh, but that's why I felt like Jacobs coasted. I thought he did, you know, took that easy. I, th- I, I did think it was a close fight, you know. And it was a very I, tight fight know, for me. Another thing, too, with the Gabe Rosado fight, a lot now of that pe- one. A lot yeah. of people. My saw question, it. my and, and there goes. We've talked about this many times. I, I don't know how you guys feel, but can we really judge? A performance of a fighter based on one fight. Oh no! With, with that being said, that fight was very controversial. No, but that's very the, controversial. You don't judge it on one fight, but you do judge it on the fact that you start to wonder how much, how into their career they are. As a, as a former fighter, I'll tell you this: you start to become less in your career as you as as you start to get age. older. Age. Sometimes you have a family. Money. Uh, money, but money creates not just money because I, I don't I don't believe it's just money. Money creates other ventures. And other ventures take up your, your psychology and, and distraction. distraction. Sometimes you have a family, which Daniel also has, um, and it starts to you start to kind of accommodate yourself into a, a sort of a comfortable position, and you're not willing to kind of go that extra mile, so to speak. In like you know, not not willing to go through as hellacious maybe of a time in training or in camp or mm-hmm. in a fight even. Um, one of my favorite movies is the movie Rush. It's for um, it's a Formula One movie. It's about uh, the, the rivalry. It's a true story. It's about the rivalry of, of James Hunt and uh, Nicky Lauda in uh, 1976. Doesn't Tom Cruise play in that? No. Um, uh, the Australian guy. What's his name? The guy who plays Thor, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, Chris Hemingsworth. Yeah, yeah one, one of the Hemingsworth brothers. And uh, another, uh, yeah, I forgot the actor played Nicky Lauda. But anyway, nonetheless, Lauda gets married in the middle of the season. You know, it's a major rivalry. And at the time, Formula One was very dangerous. A lot of guys would die. Literally, like, Formula One at the time was so crazy, like, you, the superstars were dying every year. So think about, like, a boxing superstar would, uh, dies every year. Like, it, 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 right. it, would, it would throw you for a loop. Mm-hmm. But Lauda was saying, basically, when he got married, he told his wife, happiness is the enemy. 
because you know when you're when you start to you get complacent recuss, you get complacent, complacent you, you want to go back home you have a reason to yeah not step into the fire as much anymore because you have a reason you want to go back home now whereas before you were ready to just die in there if yeah, you had to yeah. you know balls I mean? out you know at 50 cent get rich people, or die trying well, people, well people sometimes say oh you know uh you don't really have that mentality you don't necessarily but when you're in there fighting and it's man to man and you just have you're in that battle zone and you have everything on the line you you kind of get there without realizing you get there sometimes. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. Some people never get there. Some people just you know they'll they'll be willing to quit no matter what. But yeah. so there's Julio some, being there's, one of them. There's there's people. There's <laughs> Julio being fired, one of them. But, but it's true, man. Yeah, no, there's people that aren't willing to go there ever. For me, those are people that probably had their life wasn't as bad as they claim to be. You know what I mean? For uh, me, if your life has been that bad, your mind is gonna. You don't necessarily think so when you're outside the ring, when you're mm-hmm. not in camp, when you're not talking about. It. But when you're if your life has been that bad, when you're actually in there, when you're in there. You're gonna make that decision on your own. You're not gonna think about it. Like you'll be willing to die in there without actually asking yourself. You're just gonna go take your body and take your mind to places that it's it's never been before, yeah. and you're ready to do that. But you don't actually think like oh, I'm gonna die in here tonight. And it's it's not in that mentality. It's that I'm I'm gonna go through here. I'm suffering right now, but I'm not gonna stop. You know what I mean? And I feel like when you are, uh, reach a certain com- uh, comfortable position in your life. Whether it's marriage, whether it's money that creates other investments, whether distractions, responsibilities, you start to be like you start. There's like a buffer that creates in your mind where it's like I'm not going there, man. Like yeah. I, I, I gotta. I felt it later in my career, man. Early in my career, I was I was willing to do anything I had to, but later in my career, I was like, let me touch him here. Let me show him take a walk here. But you know what? It let also me, depends on on the on the personality and how much balls the person has. We were just talking about the Melder Taylor Julio Cesar Chavez fight. And I remember uh, literally his corner saying, You gotta do this for Mexico. This isn't, this is, you know, by the eighth round, he knew he was like I mean, in 27 deep years shit. old. Still. Years later, he's sitting down on his stool quitting against Oscar De La Hoya. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's the difference. Like, it's, it's a difference, though. It's a difference. You know what I mean? You reach that point where, you know, Chavez, in, 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 that's a great example you made, though, because in the Meldrick fight, you're saying, do we, you got to have gotta balls. You got to do it. You got to do it for Mexico. And he, he was already a dad. He was he, already a dad. Yes, he was but, a multimillionaire. He was already flying course, in, but, in, but, in private jets but there's, at there, the time. There, there's a, there's a, com, a comfort level that we all yeah, maybe it age. wasn't enough for him, and maybe it was still he wanted more. He was ready, whatever the motivation was. There was still enough motivation there, you know. Um, some people get there a little sooner, some people don't. Regardless, I feel like there comes a time where every fighter gets there, and you got to kind of keep an eye out for it. You know, you got to. There's a reason Mayweather and Pacquiao danced in there instead of. And four, it was five you know years too late. It was yeah. five years but, but, too but, late. But it was five years too late because not just because they were older, no, because they still had the skills in there. Mayweather won other big fights. Pacquiao won other big fights. It was because they were at the point in their careers where they were just comfortable. We're not willing to go to that hellacious place anymore. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep your eye out when fighters reach that point. Where you got to, you got to, you got to be observant of this fighter because every fighter reaches that point. I feel like at a certain point. Do you think Danny's there? I don't know, and that's where we're going back to where we started. That's mm-hmm. the whole point here. We're circling right back. Is uh, um, is the uh, with when it comes to Daniel Jacobs and in the Rosado fight, you start to ask yourself, okay, do we don't do we judge him on one fight or? Is he at that point where he's made he had the Canelo fight, big fights? He's had other big fights. He's made a lot of money. He's been making money without Heyman since probably since even before he was getting big opponents. For real. Some guys have this, you know, where and 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 it's great for him. But I I think Daniel was getting some remember very he had good a title pay. shot on HBO versus Dimitri Pirog. Pirog was a rough one. but that wasn't a gimme. That was a rough one. But no, then no, but I'm saying. But then afterwards, he got that. I remember afterwards he got like a. 
I think it was a high six-figure, seven high, low seven-figure payday against the secondary WBA champion that nobody even heard about in Showtime televised. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, but before that, it was so Pirro was a rough. Isha, yeah, but, he fought yeah, Isha. But Isha was uh, coming up on weight. It was, mm -hmm. it, it, it was a run-of-the-mill opponent when you're when you're a guy, you, you fight ex-smaller, ex-world champions. But nonetheless, what I'm saying is I'm trying to go back to when how long Daniel's been making money. Wow. And then you have the, Quite big, a while. The, big, the big Canelo money as well. You know, he, I know he's moved Peter to, Quillen I money, know, too. Yeah, I know he's moved to Georgia. You know, you started to settle your family. You, you know, you prioritize things that you're supposed to prioritize mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. So you start to wonder, is the Rosado fight a... Uh, uh, do we start? Is that where we're starting to see what I was explaining before, where you're reaching that point where you're comfortable and you're not willing to go as far? Because, man, I'm telling you, man, I've seen Danny since he's 15, 16 years old. That kid was a badass, man. I can tell you a story. When I was in training camp in Vero Beach with Buddy McGirt, and uh, I, I went there. It was 2007. It was 2007, maybe late 2006, maybe one of my first camps. It was late 06, 07. So Daniel was still in the amateurs because he, was, he, he tried out for the 2008 Olympics. He was down there in training camp training. And I remember Saku Powell, who was a pro, getting yeah. ready getting ready to fight. Uh, I think he would end up fighting on HBO against Kasimoma like six months later. But he was there out down there training. He also he, had like a fight with K-9, I believe. Yeah, yeah. He had a fight with K-9 where... Where and he, even did Rosado I, I, beat him on NBC? I think Saku Powell and Rosado might have had a fight on NBC. Fought. The thing about the K-9 fight is bugs you out is he knocked out K-9 in like 20 seconds in on Showbox. And then he lost to him in a world title fight years later, which totally blew me away but anyway regardless of that um i'm trying to going back to the story daniel comes in the camp he's an amateur okay he did he's an amateur and he's sparring with he's sparring with uh saku and he's sparring with james mcgurt he did five rounds and five rounds he's an amateur bro these two were pros like mm -hmm. pretty good level pros at the time he made them look like the sparring partners mm. i'm like yo i knew this kid was bad but man this kid is Bam. But like, if, if, and, if and there's I, any testament to the fact that he's got some serious, solid character in balls is the fact that he overcame cancer and came back to become a yeah, champion. Yeah, of course. But what, so, it, that, but what I'm saying is it's not always the case as decades go by in your life. There's people, every time that somebody breaks an orbit bone, they came me, ah, oh, you pulled, they, this guy quit, you didn't quit. Every time somebody breaks an orbit bone, I get the text message. I get the run-of-the-mill text messages. It's not the same if you did it here that you do it here. I would not, I will tell you, I did it at 25. I would not have gone through that at 35. Mm -hmm. I would have sat mm -hmm. on my stool and I would have said, Done. see you later. You okay, know, so, so you cannot say because this person did this here, oh, that, that, that's for life. No, no, no. Yeah. Because your mentality yeah. changes, your mindset changes, your, your, your money needs, changes. It's like Algeria and everything. Algeria Ruslan Pavatnikov. Ask him to go through that I fight exactly. one more time. You know, another, he's another great like, example. No, and no, ask Tim. No. Ask Timmy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hello. So, so I wanted to say so to add we, to that. Are, but what I'm saying is, are we there with Daniel? That's the question. That, are we yeah. there? Well, I, if we're there, Ryder's even more dangerous. Because well, Ryder's crafty as it gets. I wanted to add another element to that, right? I think that we're just in that time where Sean Porter, Deontay Wilder, Gary Russell, mm -hmm. Daniel Jacobs, that crop, that era of fighter. 2008. They're coming to. I, I always, yeah, I always judge them by uh, quad, I, quadrennials, uh, Olympic years. Uh -huh. So uh, they're, that's the whole 2008. They're just generation. They're just deteriorating. Yep. It's their time whether, to, well, to retire. And, and whether you made the Olympics or not, you're still in that generation. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I I, I I judge generations by quadrennials. It doesn't mean that they were in the Olympics, but they may not have made that Olympic class. But they, they do. They, they, they were from do that generation participate they in those cycles. Yes, they were in those, those cycles. cycles yeah. Some make the Olympics, some don't. But some guys still become champions. They turn pro around the same time, regardless. Yes. And yeah. with that being said, I think Porter retired a little too soon. That was two fights. I too think soon. that I think that's just because we know there'll never be another Sean Porter. There'll I never. 
be Sean another Porter. Sean Porter style. Just like I think we won't get another margarita. I know people don't like margarita now, post rap. But those two styles, I just don't think we'll see them. Yeah, First lot, of all, boxing has changed. The mentality has changed ever mm -hmm. since. But uh, I miss Margarito. I remember the first time I saw Margarito back in the day when he was still in Los Angeles. And I would think to myself, that's the biggest back I've ever seen on a yes. 147. He was and huge. he looked like a fridge, for God's sakes. And that itty bitty waist, I'm thinking, how? You know, How? something to keep of note as far as the fight this weekend with Daniel Jacobs and John Ryder, you know, Danny's going into his 15th year as a professional mm -hmm. fighter. He's also coming off of 15 months of inactivity. In that those, to and, me is and, in those, in those, and hold on, hold on. the breakup, too. I mean, hey, you yes, know, that was okay. a high profile woman. You oh. know what I'm <laughs> Uh, Angela with, Simmons. Yeah. Wait, which, who was he with? Did with Danny Jacobs. Oh. Yeah. yeah that's oh. Russell Simmons. That's a high pro. I mean, oh, people. No, you know how many rappers rap about that woman? Like, he he landed that, and now, you know, it's over. It could be mentally in the back of your you mind. Know, well, but, we were just and, talking about that. What what brought Tyson down? Women. Robin I Gibbons. know. No, Robin yes. Gibbons. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was, ultimately, I mean, it was a woman I'm in gonna, his love I, for I her. I have to say, Don King also had. Well, a, a whole lot. But, it, but, but wait. But she made him soft. We were talking about soft yeah. back there. Yeah, yeah. Robin Givens yeah. made Mike soft. Like she was what she's what can make get that soft. What, side was out he? Of him. Was Mike Tyson with Robin Givens when he lost to Buster Douglas? Yes, exactly. Okay, but I don't know. I, I, I wait, heard it was more than just Givens, though, right? It was like you know he. Was no, wait. Remember, back out up. There partying. Well, he was partying, and then Robin Givens, uh, you know, says we're done. Then he gets caught with depression. Yes, then he gets caught with drugs. He's like deep in in And deep. imagine imagine Tyson like they're having this live on air interview and then yes. she just right there is where she says to the world like Yeah, we're that was done. weird. That was really weird. You know, we're done this And guy, in the middle of he, this It's crazy. They call him up and they say, "Listen, you got you this fight, fight in Japan in freaking ja and, for thirty and, million." And because the model had just passed away, <laughs> a lot. So happened. it was a whole. Yeah, but he knocked out Tony Tubbs in Japan already before that. I mean, yeah, it wasn't but like he hadn't fought in Japan before. Japan was like no, the no, cool no, place no, to go fight. No, 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 no. But think but about it. it. It's the, it was the time of his life. Like he's he's he's, he's going through the depression. His trainer died. It was a lot yeah, happening. Way too much. I think. Because the model died in '85, guys. I mean, we're talking about eight. We're talking about '89, '90. Yeah, but he's just going through so much. He was holding saying. on but, to the one partner that he thought yeah, was going to be his Robin, solid sure. home. Yeah. And he loses that. Mm -hmm. So he had lost Cosimano. Then she shamed him, though. I think it was the shame on TV. Because she ain't just break up yeah. with him. She and did Robin it on was, TV, and she was brutal. But Robin like, was hot, she was, man, too, man. <laughs> Robin Gibbons was hot when she was young, bro. What was that sitcom she was on? I don't know, I don't bro. Know. But I remember. Different I, world? I used, I used different to, world, maybe? I, I used no, to, that was Jada Pinkett. Jada Pinkett was in Different World. I don't know. I, she I know was, she was on something. She wasn't. She, was listen, she wasn't that talented. She was really good looking, and she and she spoke well. She knew how to network herself. Like I don't. I don't think she was that talented. Even I, I'm not going to judge you know the I mean? talent of another but, actress. Wait, but I, I remember her. Up. Uh, I used to go out in night. Maybe night, Boomerang. Night I used to night Boomerang. Yeah, she yeah. was Boomerang, right? Wasn't that Halle Berry? With Eddie Murphy. Halle Berry, Halle Eddie Murphy, Murphy. And, and she her was too. there too. She was there too. The other girl. Yeah, that was young Halle too. That was young Halle. That was. Please, plastic surgery. With that being said, hold on a second. Halle Berry. I don't think she's ever. 
never seen a bad day at the office in her ever, life. Ever, Even ever. in her worst. But, she was cute. but I thought Robin Gibbons was better. She's gorgeous. No. I like. I like. The, I like wow, Robin you like Gibbons. Robin's over uh, Holly? Yeah, wow. No. Listen, post work. Holly and Boomerang does not look like Holly in other movies. I'm telling you, Holly and Boomerang is still pre work. I'll She's say, still a good looking. I'll still take looking. Holly. Robin, any era, any no, era of Holly. Holly. Now, when Mike Tyson <laughs> had Robin, all the way when back. When Mike Tyson had Robin Gibbons for me, she was. Danny, I thought this was about boxing, and all of a sudden we're talking about Holly Berry. I was just gonna say Nia Long in any era. Nia Long is good looking. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Nia Long is good looking. You know, yo, I go ahead. No, I don't no, want to cut ahead. you off. I remember I used to uh, go to these, this nightclub in, uh, in Chelsea uh, called uh, uh, Crowbar. Uh, I, used okay. to I was at it like every week and I knew the promoters there. And this is like mid 2000s. And at the promoter's table, I used to sit at, uh, what's her name? Uh, Okay, my brain just froze. Ooh. Tyson's ex. <laughs> Robin, Robin Gibbons. Robin Gibbons. Robin Gibbons. Robin Gibbons. <laughs> it's the punches. Robin <laughs> Gibbons used to come. She was dating Marcus Schreckenberg, the, the model at the time. Uh -huh. So she was there all the time. Yo, she still was looking good, like in the mid-2000s. You know what I mean? You ever sent her some drinks? Nah, Marcus Schreckenberg was dating her. She was right there with him. You know? <laughs> I was like 23, 24, man. <laughs> I was like, she's with this guy. I think Marcus Schreckenberg was younger than her. I think I, uh, he was a big-time model. Head uh, of the class. 1980, yeah. ABC sitcom, head of the class. Oh, oh, you mean Robin, Robin Gibbons, Gibbons. Her, her? Okay, yes. head of the class. And, Man, and I don't I even remember, remember that. Sitcom. You do? Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to get it. I don't what? think I ever watched it. But she I was on the Cosby Show, and she, she was, was and she was married to Tyson, 1988 to 1989. No, she got more famous getting married to Tyson. Oh, of yeah. course. As a matter of fact, it was all downhill after that. Yo, I don't look. think she did that great after Tyson. After the Tyson, all, uh, all I know. Oh, well, she's been married for a while now, so she's doing pretty well. All I know is she was Schreckenberg. I think she was dating Schreckenberg. No, she's with Marinkovich. I know. She's divorced from him, too. <laughs> Damn. Marinkovic, Schreckenberg, she likes the Eastern Euros. Svetso, whatever, Marinkovic. Whatever. And she did Boomerang. Yeah, Very it's good Boomerang. Ambitions. Uh, Cosby Show. I, 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 I knew it. That. I knew it. I knew it was something. I yeah, yeah, I said the Cosby what Show. What did I say? What did I say? What, the, what was no. you said? Boomerang. No, no, she, but she I said a sitcom. No, you said uh, the other one. The, I different told, world. J different world. That's yeah, Jada Pinkett. That was Pinkett. wrong. That was wrong. Maybe she Yo, look at that. Nia Long. Shit, man. To this day. Fuck. Nia was uh, the, the girlfriend of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> all right, all right. Back to boxing. Back to boxing. What a, so, so, uh, so during those 15 months of Danny's inactivity, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right, he's had the breakup. He's had the inactivity. But he's back with Andre Rogier. Oh, uh, well, that's good. Yeah. you Because know, Uncle took care of him. That was a bad Shout breakup. out to Uncle Dre. Um, the bad breakup. But my thing was, my, my thing is, in those 15 months of Danny's inactivity, we've seen John Ryder fight twice. Yeah. You know, obviously not nobody of a, of a Danny Jacobs caliber, but we have seen him in the ring. We've seen him active. And most importantly, in those big fights, he steps up and he makes some very challenging fights. Now, Danny's going over to that side of the pond, mm. 15 months inactive, going through things outside of the ring. You know, I really, I, I really think John. But Ryder, he does look wait, good. Okay, and here's my question. So and did AJ. Is, so did AJ. June first, twenty nineteen. Yeah, don't make but, me go Colombian on that one, because <laughs> as a matter of fact, he admitted that he was not feeling well. He was not in his best condition. He was training in Miami. Who trains in Miami? Who? Uh, a lot of AJ, people is in the Fifth Street gym. Uh, famous? It doesn't exist anymore. It's it's not we're even on Fifth AJ, Street. AJ, yeah. for yeah. Yo, but we can't. But make wait, I, I wanted like... to ask you something. Mm -hmm. let, 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 so when we're talking about a fighter who's already thirty five years old, who's seen you know his career rise to wherever it mm -hmm. had to rise, and when you're away for fifteen months, mm -hmm. is that beneficial because you give you need more time to heal, more time to rest, or will the ring rust set in? 
I mean, I think ring rust sets in either way, um, especially when, when, when you're going to take the time off, regardless of what age you are. But I don't think the age helps you. you know? I always find it funny when people say, oh, you know, he's, he's 40, but he's fresh. He has, Motherfucker, you're still 40. You don't age? If, you, uh, if, you don't, if you're training, you don't age? I don't understand. Like you, you, you may age better than an average 40-year-old, but as an athlete, you're still 40. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. And, so. and you know, the whole ring rust thing is obviously a thing. We saw Keith leading up to the fight, and, you know, 33-year-old. And he said he wouldn't have ring rust. The ring, and he was like, yo, the work we get in the gym just cannot imitate the fight. It's not the, the same It's ever. not the same. No. Granted, But Keith, that's not what he said pre-fight. Pre-fight, he said, I know that. Well, you don't I'm taking know what off you the don't, rust in, well, the, in the gym. In the but gym. this is the funny thing. You don't know what you don't know. Yes. No, he had, to, he had to go through the fight exactly. to be made a believer. And we've we've had this conversation right. a million yeah. times, and that's why I asked this again to uh, Polly mm. because I I get that all the time. You know, I work out enough. I my strength and conditioning is up to par. Mm -hmm. My numbers are like the best. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when yeah. you stay, you know, we, 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 might, we might have known a little bit more if Mario Barrios knew what a jab was. I mean, we would have. Oh we my we god! We would have. We might have figured out a little more if, if what we, that, what level what? Thurman's ring rust was on. I mean, Mario oh. Barrios is five ten. What did he throw? Ten jabs all night? Do you? Yeah, do but you, that was. was what did he think? How do you? How did you expect to fight Keith Thurman? You're five ten. You and, and and Thurman's a known pretty good puncher. So like, how did you expect to fight him? You were just gonna fight him? Did he disappoint you, know, you guys though? Because Tank got a stoppage, and I was like. I was comparing Thurman. Like I thought, no, he was, that's where I think the ring rust comes in. I think the ring rust. But, but you get the stoppage. You're a real welterweight. Tank is a featherweight. Like, yeah, but hey, man, mm. you know, I mean, oh, huh? bring him in, man. Bring him in. Who's waiting for us? Blair the Flair Cobbs is in here. I love Blair the Flair Cobbs. <laughs> I love the hairdo. I love the outfits. When I grow up, I want to be just like him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, since we have Blair the Flair Cobbs out there, uh, we'll move on. Uh, but but you want to give a prediction, or you guys want to? Are you just, we're just gonna wait and see what happens with? I Daniel? need to wait. I and mean, see. I'm not gonna pick against my, my Brooklyn boy. boy. You know what I'm no, like, but you know what? I want to see. I just think it's a dangerous fight, but I'm not gonna. Pick it's a dangerous fight, but I want to see which Daniel is gonna show up. If it's a Daniel that showed up against Triple G. Or the one that showed up against Canelo. Well, I mean, we haven't seen the Daniel that showed up against Triple G since Triple since yeah. the Triple G fight. But he was still yeah. there. No, he the was, fact that he showed up, up, he's still there. Mm -hmm. Right, but you're talking five years ago. Yep. He hasn't. So? He, he hasn't. Before. He hasn't been remotely close to that since. Well, in between them, we have Derevianchenko. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we have the performance. With the, I, I I didn't mind that Derevianchenko. You did. You you thought mm -hmm. that. I, I didn't think Daniel looked bad in that fight. You know, I thought he was decent, you know, and then that, after that, he went into the Canelo fight. And um, then we, we brought up the Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I think he did what he needed to do. He, I don't think he needed to push the envelope too far because Julio showed absolutely nothing. Well, nothing. Well, let's, let's transition into Eddie Reynoso obviously getting upset um, and coming out once again. I think he's got a thing with Coppinger. Every time Coppinger reports on Canelo news, Eddie comes out and says it's fake but still reports the same shit, which is Canelo's received an offer from PBC, $45 million to fight uh, mm -hmm. Jamal, Jamal Charlo. Charlo, and he's received $85 million offer for Bivol and Gennady Golovkin, but according to Keith Eidek of Boxing Scene, DAZN uh, can get up to $100 million if they get him over there for those two fights. Uh, what fights do you guys think is the most marketable fight? 
What fight do you think is the most entertaining fight? And what fight do you think Canelo those are, eventually those are takes? Some real first world problems, I'll tell you. Yeah, I know. Signing <laughs> <laughs> among those paydays. Talking about first Huge world problems. Paydays. But, oh, let's, Huge. Let's, but let's stick to boxing. Uh-huh. Um, I think Bevel could be dangerous just because he's dangerous. Mm-hmm. I think Better Biev is even more dangerous. So I think that's a safe bet if we're going to stay in the house. And I think the zone needs it. The zone needs this fight against people. I think style-wise, I think the Charlo fight would be a lot more exciting. He's a lankier fighter, longer reach. But we already know what he, what Canelo can do when you're fighting somebody like uh, uh, Billy Joe Saunders, when we, Callum Smith. You know, he knows how to go around that reach. And he knows how to cut mobility. Th- this is one thing that people do, don't understand. He knows how to cut corners very well. He knows how to cut the ring very well. And his defense is very solid. So with that being said, exciting, Charlo. Money-wise, Bevo. Really? Yes. Wow. Well, it's $85 million. For well, two fights. Yeah, for two fights, though. He's got to yeah, fight and, the Gennady and, and, fight. And they said, they said it would be a DAZN pay-per-view. So yes. Then, so then you got to realize, okay, how much, how much are they going to charge for? Because it's already a subscription-based uh-huh. thing. Look you know, that. we saw the success that Canelo Plant had 800,000 plus pay-per-view buys. So that's Let's the, not forget 75,000 people in Dallas. You know, and let me tell you something. For Ca- Callum Smith. Let me tell you something. Ca- Canelo's, Canelo's fan base is obviously the has- Hispanic Mexican fan base. When he's fought on the zone, I literally got to walk my uncles and my cousins on how to work this freaking application. <laughs> With Showtime, you press a fucking yeah. button on your yeah, remote. And, too. and and you and yeah. you have it. You get what I'm saying? People know Showtime boxing. People don't know the zone boxing. So yes, you have the money right there. But to me, to me, the the fight to go with is is, is the Jamal. Yeah, Charlo. I think the commercially bigger fight has to be Charlo. I mean, uh, it's Mayweather, the most exciting one. Mayweather created the green print. You know, if you're gonna fight a Mexican, make sure there's an African American across the corner from you. Uh, I think and that they're both, they're and the, both from Texas too, so it has to sell. I like the Charlo fight the most. We all in boxing, but again, he's looking at. Risk versus money. I think I, I, you don't think there's more risk in the 175. Oh, it's pounder? not what I think. It's not what I'm I asking think. you though. You don't think uh, that there's more I, risk? I, I, think every fight, I think every fight Canelo takes at this point is a risk. I mean, he's not an. He's, he's, he's reached a level where every single fight is going to be a risk, right? Um, so you basically go by. You, I, I don't know. Do you want to fight the bigger guy? I mean, these are the bigger guys that are. That's pretty what good I'm punches. saying. But he's also, also looking to make history. That's another thing that we got to keep in mind. At yeah, this but, point in time, but he's got time because uh, isn't really? it rumored better be Evan Joe Smith that hasn't been finalized yet? So let that get finalized. So yeah. then all you got to do is fight Bivol to be undisputed. You know what I mean? Versus going in there and doing any heavy lifting. It, I, mean, it, I just, I think, that I mean, I don't know, man. I think these are all tough fights. Just, I mean, it's a first can, world can, problem. Can, it's a first world problem money-wise, but Canelo is not the busiest guy when he fights, right? He takes his time. He mm-hmm. always takes his time. And I mean, usually he gets you to. He's a slow starter. But usually he gets you to kind of cooperate with his pace because his power, he, he makes you respect him, right? But he's usually a, a guy who doesn't fight at a very fast pace. Matter of fact, I think that's why... He doesn't need to. But I think that's why Cotto gave him problems, even though he was undersized, because he was a consistent jab. Mm-hmm. Bebo is a bigger guy. He punches well, and he's very busy. 
busy guy. Like this guy could, mm -hmm. you know, put, put himself in position, win constant rounds. On, Charlo on, on too. A not, on a not busy Canelo, but again, but Charlo's busy as well, and Charlo's a dangerous. For me, it's yes. busy, for me, I, it's a busy. It's, for me, Charlo's the most dangerous guy around his weight class, uh, around Canelo's weight class. Once you start going to light heavy, you, now you're, you know, you're biting it's off. It's a, a different. Little, you're biting off a little. I could forgive a loss at the I, that it, way because it, it's, I, you're biting off a little more. My concern would be the power that he's going to be receiving. How is he going to assimilate Who? that type of punishment, Canelo? Yeah. I mean, I don't think, even though he is a light, the Bivol's a natural light heavyweight, I really don't think that's going to be like much of an issue. He's not like, you know, better be if is the yeah, guy. Yeah, no, he's a good Better be if, but, better be if but, but bro, guys, this. guys, guys, it's still a fight. Getting the shit beat out of you is still not good. Like, but yeah, it still hurts. Like, right. just because Bivol doesn't punch like better be if, Bivol also throws twice as many punches as, as better be if, and Bivol's punching power is not, no, is not anything slouchy either. So, like, you okay? It's, it's what is it? it's he's less dangerous because he doesn't hit as hard as better be But Bivol beats Bivol beats the shit out of you though. He throws a lot of and punches. And his pedigree, his pedigree, and his seasoning is there as an amateur and as a pro. And we know so he's gonna come so into fights. Yeah, it's there's risk risk way. Out of, out of all the light heavyweight champions, he's the only one that has expressed willing and 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 being able to go down in weight. Uh, and 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 wait, when would they fight at? What would they one fight six at? eight. Wait, wait, so, Originally, so, he was expressing that he would go down to fight Canelo. Obviously, now everyone is assuming Canelo would fight him at 175 because oh. he wants to undispute another division. I'm using air quotes. But so perhaps they're just going to go to catch weight. No, it, I'm sure it'll be for 175 because if Joe Smith gets the better BF fight, then Canelo just yeah, has but to fight we, two we, people. But let's think about it. Even if he decides to go at 170, it's still we're still fighting for the same title, so they could go for a catch I mean, weight. yeah, he can come in lighter, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, he just oh, can't come in heavier. better be than Joe Smith? It's like a four-round brutality fight. Yeah. It's like a yeah. four-round superstorm. You kidding me? Both guys can knock each other out. Like, easy. No, absolutely. <laughs> both, absolutely. Guys, both guys hit got dynamite, bro. But in terms of Bivol's power, I mean, you weren't surprised that he didn't knock out Lenin Castillo, the Dominican, and Callum blasted him? Lenin Castillo. Callum moving yeah. up from 6'8 yeah, yeah. to 75, yeah, you know, yeah. flat. Different though. nights, of course. He also, he also caught him afterwards, didn't he? Caught he, he sure, him sure him did. Let him caught him after Bivol beat the shit out of him. He sure oh. did. He sure did. Well, listen, guys, I'm not going to hold you. I know you guys have a bunch of stuff to do. We got Blair Cobbs yes. in the building. I want to go ahead and bring Ooh. him in. But I appreciate you guys stopping by TBV and talking us. a little bit of boxing with us. Thank you, Paulie. No Thank problem. you, Claudia. Uh, obviously, if you want to give out any social media, Claudia and Paulie, please oh, do you so. You can all find me at Claudia Trejos all over the place. Very all simple. over the place. Paul Malinaji. Paulie.tv on your YouTube. Check me out. Let's go. Let's, let's go. Paulie.tv. And we have the welterweight. Sensation Blair Cobbs. The flair is in the building. Any side you want to sit down on, my friend. Thank you for joining us and sorry uh, for keeping you waiting there slightly. Just a little bit. Did you find the studio easy? Uh, yeah, not too bad. All not right, bad. all right, all right. So, man, the flair, you've been everywhere, bro. I mean, uh, Philadelphia, Mexico, Las Vegas, even a little bit of California, right? Yeah, yeah. Right now, I'm I'm at the wild card gym, living uh Malibu. Okay, I'm living a good life. <laughs> nice, nice, man. So, still training at the wild card in L.A. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's correct. Okay, and uh, what brings you to uh, Las Vegas then? Well, I still live here. Like, oh, um, so you just drive every day? Get out of here! No, no, no. He he's out there for camp. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, okay. I go out to camp when I'm in LA and stuff like that. Whenever I have to take care of business, 
whatever kind of business I have out there, then I just I just all right, I got all right. stuff out there. Hey man, you can if let's just put it like this. You can live more than just one place and you can have more than one house. For sure. So if that's the case, why not live in both places? Yeah, I hear you, man. Listen, if you can do it, do it. Shit, you're doing it. I'm, yeah, I'm doing it. You know, I got multiple homes myself, man. So I, I hear you. I'm trying to get my woman into that mentality so she understands it's it's more common than what she thinks. You know, absolutely. Uh, yeah, obviously, Blair, uh, very exciting. Uh, I am, you know, excited to have you here. But I gotta ask, bro. The last time I saw you. You were at Mandalay Bay. This is the last time I remember seeing you. Devin at, Haney fight. No, 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 no. Hold on. Going back and forth with Boots Ennis. That's what that, I remember. That, that wasn't that was. <laughs> that's that the last fight. time I seen Well, you. that wasn't that fight, though. But that's when I seen him last. So after Boots uh, fought Delorme, there was an exchange there. Obviously, you being from Philadelphia originally, he's from Philadelphia. There was an exchange. Um, you know, kind of give us the backstory. We were talking about Boots earlier. Mm-hmm. It looks like he'll be stepping in against uh, Castillo Clay. Nothing official, mm-hmm. but the you know Sean that, Porter called him overrated. You know, so oh ho oh, oh, ho oh, oh. So just you know, <laughs> you your, agree? Your thoughts on all of that for those fans? I was there uh, ringside. I saw the back and forth after his fight. But for all the fans, you know, just kind of the backstory because obviously your name, his name, two of the names being spoke about as the next era of this welterweight division right so just wanted uh kind of some backstory on that well there is there's definitely a backstory <laughs> you sparred him right <laughs> man like i barely remember that sparring it's not it wasn't like a big deal see how the, old were you see now the thing is right this is now this is the backstory that wasn't a big deal to me it wasn't like something that like i have to like actually remember but remember this they definitely remember. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because I was the fucking man when I was there. Mm. Okay? When I was there, I was the man. There was no Boots Ennis. Who the fuck is Boots Ennis is exactly what I would say and anybody else would say at that time when I was there. When you say yeah. there, you mean Philadelphia. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. In Philadelphia, I was wrecking shit so bad in that city. But the thing is, I didn't have resources. So it's not like I went out to the Nationals and all that stuff. So uh, like what I was, was a very, very well-kept secret in Philadelphia. And the thing is, like, because I didn't want to do business with those with those slimy promoters and, and managers in Philadelphia, I kind of got blacklisted. Not only that, I got blacklisted just for sparring because I was knocking everybody out. Everybody. Everybody was getting beat up bad. To a point that they rather just quit boxing or they got knocked out in sparring. Mm. I was the baddest thing in Philadelphia coming from West Philly, you know, coming from James Shuler's Box Memorial. I was wrecking shit. And then it just got to a point where, like, nobody wanted to spar me ever. And, like, and on top of that, I couldn't get a fight. Mm. I had a big time layoff. Whereas, though, like, after, like, four fights, in my fourth fight, I fought as an underdog in my own goddamn city. Which is fucking ridiculous. You know what I mean? But when, once that happened, there was already like, okay, no, like, he's not only serious, like, in sparring, but he's serious in the fight, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, we can't really put, we can't, we can't play with him. So, you know, after your fourth fight, you had a two and a half year layoff. Yeah, um, two and a half to three years layoff. That's, that's a long time. Why? Why? Explain. In Philadelphia, 
if you're not doing business with these slimy promoters and these and, and, and managers and stuff like that, and if you don't have actual resources, you don't have anything. You're just stuck there. I was stuck there for a long time. Now, how many amateur fights did you have? Um, I don't even know. It wasn't like a big number. I think it was like um like 60, 70, okay. 80 fights. That's enough. I, it's like well the thing is it's a it's a wide variety of experience in different cities and different um types of cultures too. I started boxing in Mexico mm-hmm. on the run. Why you think I got this boat this fucking bipolar crazy multi-personality thing? I was on the run like as a child. You know, that what do you think that would do to a person's mental health? You know, so stuff like that happened, but it worked out for boxing. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of literally dying, I I I I, I took up boxing. So learn how to survive. Uh, and and you bringing that up, I wanted to ask you um, on a recent Instagram post that you made, you put in the caption that you survived death many times over. I just wanted, uh, you know, obviously you just brought it up, but just if you could talk about that a little bit, because I know a lot of fans in the comments and just in general were kind of curious um, as to what all of that was about and just trying to get to know you a bit better. Surviving death is, uh, that's pretty deep. That's pretty deep. Let's just put it like this. I had to survive death multiple times, you know, in many different cases in my life. I had to, like, I've lost everything. As a child, I lost my mother as a child. I lost my grandmother as a child. That was really the only like security blanket I had when shit got real. And I didn't even know what my father was doing, you know. But like once that's gone, then I literally have nothing, you know. And then I like I had to survive that time, you know. I had to survive death. I mean, what what do you think things look like when you're um involved with very powerful people and um you're you don't even know the surroundings. You don't mm-hmm. even know what you're getting yourself into. You know, most of my friends, like from way back then, and, and I didn't have a lot of friends. I had like a handful of friends. I got you. You know what I'm saying? I was a loner for like pretty much my whole life. But the handful of friends and associates that I did know, they were, they're the head cartel of, of the business right now. They're the cartel kids. You get, you get what I'm saying? And so like if somebody like, oh yeah, um... Like, it'll be shit where though, like, we didn't even owe nobody no money. Like, hold up. We don't owe you money, but somebody sent sent these people to right, our right, house right. that, like, and we didn't owe them money, but somebody owed them money, so, like, they sent them to us. You know, mm. stuff like that. And then, like, it's like, okay, now we got to handle that and get rid of somebody. You know what I mean? And it's... it's it's a it's it's a weird it's a crazy world being in that particular uh, situation because at any moment you can die and I realized like when I when I ended up going into that situation I ended up realizing that like I had nothing connecting me to civilization to anything I didn't have a family you know I didn't have uh, like much of a family on my mother's side I didn't have much of a family on my father's side so like. If I died right then, if I die right now, this is the mindset. If I die right now, I never existed. Mm. Mm. You felt like you didn't have a legacy. I didn't have anything. I didn't like who's going to cry at my funeral. There is nobody that's going to cry at my funeral because there is nobody around. Mm. So then, what ends Dude. up happening? I end up like you know, I'm I'm like you know what? I I get with a friend named Rodney. I'm I'm over here hanging with them and everything. I'm like, dude, like. 
I, first of all, he don't even know how suicidal I am. But I'm like, what's the most reckless shit that we can get into? Mm. You know, because um, I really don't give a fuck about my life. Mm. You know, how, how long so, ago was this? Yeah, this was that. This is me as a child. Oh, this is okay. me surviving death as a child. You know, as a teenager, like going through fucking high school as an alias with different names, trying to re- remember my my like w- why I'm here, this and that, and and coming up with different names and different backgrounds. You know, that's and it's like, yeah, when you, when you're young, you don't even know yourself. You're still trying to learn yourself. Absolutely, and you gotta already completely abandon your identity, and then already. Like in a position where as though you don't really exist. And people start to treat you like you don't really exist. So then like that's wh- that's where it happens. And then I'm like, yo, what's the, re- what's the most reckless shit I can get into? I'm a child. I'm a kid. And I don't give a shit about my right. life. So what, what's, the, what's the most reckless shit I can get into? I got a great idea. Boxing. Let's okay. go to the fucking most... Craziest wreck, like just reckless gyms in, in all of Guadalajara and all of my city of Guadalajara and see what's gonna happen, mm. you know. And I'm like, that's that's what it happened. Like, I, I get in, I get into an actual sparring match on my first day, and guess what? I never stopped. I went in there every single day after that. If you guys can't kill me, then obviously I'm ready for a fight. Mm. Let's let's go ahead and fight two weeks after training. After training for, for just boxing in general, mm-hmm. getting my ass kicked, and it just, it just wasn't good enough. <laughs> the ass whoopings was not good enough. So, got into my first fight after two weeks of training. Won the fight. Then I just kept winning. I kept winning. And, and the thing is, right, it's like I was happy, but also kind of disgusted. you know. But then it's, it's like within that time period, I found my purpose. You know, and it was times where like, dude, they put me up against guys that was twice my size. Yo, these Mexican um um pro am fights, they're death matches to the death. Mm. You know, like they like finish them. <laughs> you know, the person that wins is the person that gained the approval of the audience, and that was usually me coming as an underdog. Nobody gave a shit about me. They all boo. You know what I'm saying? And then I get in there, do my thing. I break the break my opponent down. Why? Because I really don't give a shit. I could die right now. Mm. Right. So let's 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 run that shit right now. And then what ends up happening? I end up winning fans. I end up winning the crowd, and I always end up winning the fight. So for those for those people who <clears throat> may not know, it's out there, but maybe they don't know. You ended up in Guadalajara, right? Because your father was um, running from the FBI or something, something along those lines? Yeah, well, he, he was on an FBI most wanted list. You know, um, he, he's a, like at the time, you know, he's a major uh, cartel um, business owner. Mm. And, um, and that's just what happens in that type of line of business. You accidentally like crash an airplane or nearly like half a billion dollars of shit, then something's going to look interesting. Mm-hmm. At, at least if if it's over a million dollars, it's a problem. And if it's close to like a hundred million, two hundred, three hundred million, it's like okay, something's crazy. You, you know, right. somebody's going to have to go on the run, regardless. And um, that's just what happened. Um, on you know, going through that whole period, and it's just it's a big shift. It's a big shift from like all of a sudden, you know, we're living a good life. You know, um, I'm living in Beverly Hills. Living wow. the dream life. I wanted to go to Beverly Hills High School because I saw Clueless. 
<laughs> okay. You know? And I was totally in love with this character, just the character of Stacy Dash, one of my best friends in 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 Beverly Hills. That's Stacy Dash's son, you know. And it's just like I was just living my dreams, you know. And like you know, as a young child, and like I still had fight in me. I had a lot of fight in me. I wanted the box and all that stuff as a, as like an idea, but like a more realistic goal was being an architect you know good with numbers and good with math and and things like that so um but obviously if a, a series of unfortunate events have had like happened and um and then boom i'm in i'm in mexico i, I lost my identity completely you know that even that took a heart was, was pretty tough i mean you, you guys should try to see what happens when you try to go get your uh Social security card for your first time. First time mm-hmm. getting your social security card and you don't even have a birth certificate. Like you you literally came here as a wetback and you don't look even like remotely like like you belong. Right. You know, like I left I left America coming back looking like I didn't even belong in America. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like because I didn't I just was, you know, how, just looking different. How long were you in Guadalajara for? For three and a half years. Wow. And and obviously that is where you started boxing and but what would you say was the biggest takeaway of that time you spent in Mexico? Obviously, you know, the life being lived down there is completely different. Absolutely. Um, you know, to to the vast majority of the United States. Just your biggest takeaway looking back on it, you know, so many years later. It's not over. It's not over. That was probably the biggest take on it. It's very simple. It's not over. And then, of course, I had to go through even a, another big step in a big phase of surviving death in Philadelphia. I have no—when I ended up getting plagued and thrown into Philadelphia streets, and, and like, it's this is the rough city streets environment. I have no kind of, like, understanding about hood, about the streets, about people, about, like, what they've gone through— I have I don't have no friends in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Like I refuse to have a friend year, in Philly. What year did you land in Philly? <laughs> oh man, I don't even know. I think it was like 2019. Uh, uh, no, what? No, I don't even know. Two, I mean, 2009. Yeah, 2009 around that time. How long? How long did you spend out there? Quite a while. I was I was out there for from 2009 to like 2016, 2017. Mm. Now, when I spoke to Bozy, he made it seem like you trained in that gym. Did you ever train in that gym, or was it just a sparring session? What was it exactly between your experiences with the Ennises? Well, I'm the baddest dude in the city, period, by far. And I'm going through a really rough patch. Why? Because the way people are in Philadelphia, crabs in a barrel, Mm. you know, if they can't make money on you, They'll lie. They'll just blatantly just lie. Like, you know what? Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, my guy, my guy better than him. This, this, and that. Like when people call, you know what I mean? When PBC call, I'm like, look, we hear about this, 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 this maniac that's killing shit. What's what's his name? I, I believe his name is Blair, Blair Cobbs. Do you know anything about him? Yeah, yeah, he's cool, but you know what, my guy's better. There ain't nobody better than me in, in in that fucking city or mm. in that gym. But that's what that's what happened. You know, that a lot of stuff like that would happen that kind of blocked my blessings, you know. And, um, shit, I was losing losing my focus and losing my drive, you know, going through this long period of, like, 
I don't know what's going to happen the very next day. Right. You know, and um, and even just making the transition of understanding what the hell's going on in this environment. I didn't. I don't know what the hell a poverty-strucken, um, oppressed environment looked like, or even I never understood it. Until, but even coming until, from until Guadalajara, you know, it was. I mean, that's like one poverty to another, no? Yeah, but it's a different kind of poverty. That's that's poverty on a whole another level. You know, that like so what you, what? you ain't dealing with racism and like and like real like backflash of like what happened in our in the past. You're not really dealing with that in Mexico, you know. So it's 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 different. So what what, with it what were you dealing with in Philadelphia? in Philadelphia? What what what's some of the wildest shit you dealt with? Ah oh, man, I've done with a lot of crazy shit. I, like in I Philly remember, though, in Philly though, <laughs> I remember getting stuck up and like I'm I'm hanging with a guy that's like a fighter. I'm not going to even name him, but like uh, it was he was a thug though. He Pretty a, known fighter, is he known though? Nah, he's not known. He didn't he's make just, it. He's just only known in the city. He's he's he was a thug. I can remember like hanging out with dude and like he always wanted to dress flashy. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like like he must he must have some money or he must be a drug dealer or something. You know what I mean? A little street thug. You know what I mean? We're walking down down the street, talking and everything, West Philly, and then um and I'm obviously I got my bag and shit, because I'm I'm a gym brat. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a gym mm-hmm. rat. So like like wherever, whenever we can hang out, but let me go to the gym first. Yeah, you know. And then um, what ends up happening? We're walking down the street. Somebody pulls out a gun on us. Like we're not just him, us. And then fucking like he knocks this dude completely the fuck out. The like, guy that whipped out the gun on you. Yeah, the the like fucking my my friend knocked this dude out before he even got his words out. He step out and then like out. And like, and then he's like, "Oh shit, yo, I finally, man, I've been looking for a gun." Like, it's just, just <laughs> yo, grip the gun. And he's like, and then I'm like, "Yo, but," and he look at me. He go down. He looking at me like, "Yo, man, you gonna get some of this? You should at least take his shoes." I'm like, "What? His yeah." Shoes? So like, I had to be a part of a robbery too. Like, it's like, yo, you, <laughs> yo, it's, it's it's double robberies going on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Were like, they, were they your size? Hunt. The shoes were they your size? He was like a, a size up. <laughs> was a size up. Look at him smile. I love it. <laughs> I love it, bro. Um, you know, since the pandemic, we've only seen you once. Yes. Uh, once in the ring. Um, you know, you look spectacular. TKO fifth round. Brad Solomon, good opponent. Why? Great opponent. A lot of people now know this. A lot of people believe that Brad Solomon was going to give me a run for my money. Yes. A lot of people thought that he might even beat me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people think like that. <laughs> you know, it's just like nobody believes in any fight that I'm going to win. Like, wow. <laughs> you know, it's that's very. Does that give you motivation though? Oh no, I'm. I get a kick out of it. Honestly, mm-hmm. I get a kick out of like being the underdog, and that's honestly that's where that's. That's really where I start. That, that's where I started. That's where I belong. You know, I feel comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's one of the things that when it comes to these people like Jerron Ennis that ain't never fucking been tested a day in his fucking life. You know what I mean? Whether it was in the ring <laughs> or out the ring. Why do you let's feel see he's what not been tested? Uncomfortable. Huh? Why do you feel he hasn't been tested? That boy ain't been tested in a very, very long time. 
You know, what do you mean? He, he, like, look, when a lot of money is being promoted, a lot, of, a lot of money is being invested to keep him safe. Okay? And as I understand that when it comes to business-wise. But them, like, having those weak times, whereas though, like, you're not really being tested. And then, of course, obviously, he has but, a but good Sergei, family. He has a great family. But Sergey Lipinets is a former world champion. Sir, of what weight class? 140 pounds. Okay. 140 pounds. Nobody give a shit about no goddamn 140 pounds. <laughs> Earl know? Spence fought 140 pounds. And then not pounds, only that, though. he was a fucking tailor-made fighter. It's not like he's going anywhere. His head is right there. Right there to fucking be boobopped all day. He's a tough opponent. Don't, don't get it twisted. But is he anything? That can actually give him some kind of What resistance. about all no. the experience of Thomas DeLorme? Thomas DeLorme walked in there already a defeated fighter. <laughs> like, Thomas DeLorme got beat too many times. And then also, one of the things that, like, that like really showed, I, show, I seen it. Like, the moment he got in there, he was trying to find his way out. Like, I could see it in his eyes. Mm. Yeah, I can read people. Very, very much. Just like I could read Ennis very, very much. When I grab his hand and pull him close to me, he don't even want to fucking look me in my eyes. He don't want to look me in my eyes. You know why? Because I'm the baddest thing that could ever happen to his fucking career at all. Like the whole thing, his whole career can go down in flames from somebody like me just popping, happen to survive hell and pop up. Because, hey, man. Let's just put it like this. For a long time, him and his family thought, we don't have to worry about him. Why? Because he's not, ain't nobody putting money in him. He ain't going to get nowhere. He's going to get knocked off soon. You know why? Because shit, like, he, first of all, he's getting put in these tough fights. He, he should take a loss. Why? Because he ain't take, he ain't really being moved to a point where as though, like, he can be comfortable in that ring. Mm -hmm. Sooner or later, he's going to take a loss because he's obviously he's got so many layoffs. He couldn't possibly keep this up. Thank goodness we don't have to worry about Blair to Flair. Blair, you know, let's be let's be honest though. Um, a fight with you two is very unrealistic simply because of the promoters, size, the promoters, and the size of the street and the networks. You know, obviously. You being with Golden Boy in the zone, he's with Cameron Duncan in Showtime. Um, why is this, like you said on your Instagram, public enemy number one for you? Because everybody is talking about some. He's everybody's talking about like, oh, where everybody's scared of him. Everybody's scared of him. And matter of fact, I'm tired of these fucking young fighters. Honestly, <laughs> I'm tired of these young fighters. I'm tired of boxing. Honestly. I get tired of boxing. You know why? Because all I see is a bunch of cowards. That's mm. all I see. I see cowards in boxing today. Trying to be businessmen. Trying to strategically move their self to a point where they can hurry up and get a world title without taking any fucking chances. And then all of a sudden be like, oh yeah, I made it and talk the most shit. No, you can't talk the most shit without you fucking fighting something. Now look, I already fought undefeated fighters. I already fought people that truly believe, back to back, I fought motherfuckers back to back, that fucking truly believe that they can beat me. You know what I'm saying? Not only that, shit, the bet nods. You couldn't bet, you couldn't bet your money on me to save your life. You're like, what? 
15, 16, 17 to 1 underdog? Hell no. What? This nigga is not winning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and still upsetting. You know, without without even really having a real background, a real history, because my history is is silent. You know, I still came. I still conquered and I still persevered through all the odds. So, now, what kind of person is Ennis? Because you know what kind of person Blair the Flair is. That's the biggest secret. You can box. Motherfuckers can box. I know how to box. And I've seen plenty of guys like Ennis in, in, that can box. In Philadelphia, I turn them all sideways. Because mm. you can box. I learned how to box in Philly, too. But also not a fucking fight. Mm. Fighting for my life in fucking in, in, in Mexico. Fighting for my life in New York. Fighting for my life in Philadelphia. One thing I do know how to do is fight. Mm-hmm. And I know how to box. I'm smart. There's some things that happen in the, in the, um, in the Brad Solomon fight that is so fast that you couldn't see it until you actually like slowed it down. I broke, I broke that fight. <laughs> Let's fucking go. I broke that fight down to such a level that man did not even touch me. <laughs> yeah. Not once. He said you had to slow it down. Listen, Blair, so what's the plan? Have, have you talked? When the last time you spoke to Oscar, man? Oscar De La Hoya. When the last time? Because he had a birthday. He posting pictures in his Yo, what, what, was, what was up with those pictures, man? I, I love the pictures. Uh, really? Bruh, he enjoying his fucking life. <laughs> I love it. You could definitely see Blair the Flair doing some shit like that very soon. <laughs> <laughs> so when's the last time you and Oscar De La Hoya have spoken? Um, well, we're, we're in, we're in negotiations for a pretty big fight, a pretty big contract. And, um, we, we got to work things out and you guys possibly see Blair Flair back in the ring with another fighter, obviously as another underdog putting on the biggest show in, in boxing history. And that's just what it's about. So is this before or after the Virgil Ortiz fight happens, uh, with Michael Mickinson? You well, plan on making an announcement before or after that fight? Definitely before. Okay. You know, we're we're, on, we're working on things and um we we're trying to get things going. You know, um who's your manager? Greg Hanley. Greg Is that Hanley. from Prince Prince Ranch, Ranch? Yep. And he's he's a he's a terrific manager, man. He's a he's he he turned my life around. Mm-hmm. You know, I came from nothing. You know, I was showed up in Las Vegas and came. From nothing. I had no real history. Mm-hmm. You have no clue what I'm capable of mm-hmm. at all. Which means you got to really roll the dice to fuck with me. Mm-hmm. You know, because like even like all that all that momentum I had in Philadelphia, that stuff is gone. You know, and all the history, they bury that shit because the last thing they want to see is Blair Flair show up and blow some stuff up. That's the last thing they want to see, mm-hmm. especially for people to, to provide that protection from people like Ennis. People like Ennis and me is very I'm very dangerous for somebody like Ennis. And there's a lot of other fighters that are, that's been like, you know, protected over the time, you know, that like they have to keep away from me. Blair, I have to ask, obviously you're sitting here in front of us and you know you're sharing, you know, some of the stories in, you know, those Philadelphia gyms. But I got to ask about other gyms. You know, I got to ask about the gyms when you're in against the Devin Haney's with Bones. Or, he, he actually or, sparred Ryan Garcia, or too. I, I was going to lead to Ryan Garcia, you know. Talk about those work. Uh, obviously, those two 
uh, gentlemen are lightweights, but gentlemen that we would like to see fight each other at some point. You know, talk about those, uh, you know, whatever you can share. And how do you see a fight between the two potentially play out? I mean, obviously, I, I'm I'm superior than both fighters. That's just hands down. That's I'm sorry to be straight, honest. Letter Flair is superior to both fighters, obviously. Not just because of weight. I was like, at that particular time, I was a 140 pounder. And like, I didn't, I wasn't as big as I, as I am now. Mm-hmm. I had hit a growth spurt. You know, and stuff like that. Recent and like recently, in my, in my later in my life, I had a I had another growth spurt. But those fighters are very good and incredibly crafty. Um, Devin Haney, at the time, Devin Haney's different now. Devin Haney's getting big. He's getting bigger and bigger. He's growing into his body, and like, I don't know if he's going to be able to hold on to that weight too much longer. You know, and I'm, not only that, like. When that when your body starts to mature, he can't do the things that he used to do. Mm-hmm. Run around, move around, move around, and kind of just like be this puff of air until you kind of like got tired of like chasing his ass down, and then he finally like throws on you know piles on a couple punches to win rounds, and um that he can't really do that. That last fight was rough for him with JoJo. Yes. Do you think so? I was right there, okay. fucking front row and center, man. I was, yes. I was literally front row, <laughs> <laughs> looking at that fight like. Mm. So do you feel? Do you feel that that was a tougher fight than the Lenars fight for him? Absolutely. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. See, like, I, I felt- like when I saw that fight, it was such a crazy toss up because the thing is, right, when Devin Haney's moving, he's kind of winning the rounds, but it's still competitive. But the thing is, like the way JoJo's boxing, the moment he traps um, Devin Haney, it's an ass whooping. It's it's like it's it's like not even close. It's mm. a fucking ass whooping. He's getting his ass beat, mm. you know, by like the way he's he get he gets him into the corner, trap, done, ass whooping, Damn, and, then, and then and then then he gets out and they separate, and then like. David Haynes has to like float on, you know, skate on ice, and then mm-hmm. slowly but surely, JoJo traps him again, ass whooping. I thought, and it's like the the rounds where where JoJo was winning, they were completely one sided. Mm. The rounds where you can say Devin Haney was winning, it was close. Man, wow. and that's I, just I, what I saw. I felt like the majority of the media felt that it was an easier <laughs> fight for Devin than Lenares. He uh, willingly Who's paying these guys. He willingly stayed in there. What do you mean, the the, the judges or the media? The media <laughs> and the judges. Like, who's paying these guys? I mean, he like, remember that this guy got some got some money, man. Who's this he guy? Pay- who's this guy? My my boy, uh, Devin Haney. Oh, know? so Devin's paying the media. Devin Haney, his father, they 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 they're very good businessmen, and they and they and they work their way through boxing incredibly. Wait a like, minute, I, wait a minute. Like honestly, I wish I was them. <laughs> I wish I had an easy go, you know. But this, <laughs> that's just that's just being realistic, you know. You think Devin realistic. had an easy go? He started his career in Mexico at seventeen, and that's. He didn't start his career in Mexico. I mean, outside of the amateur career, yeah. He turned pro in in Mexico. Going to Mexico for, like, these quick little smoker fights. Nah, it was like 17 fights, fights, wasn't it? I don't know. 11? 11? Yeah. I wish I was able to pay for those fights 
because like that's those fights are like those quick little easy fights that you that you just trying to pat your record. Yeah, yeah but, but just 17 you years seven, old. 17, 18, like uh, 17 most fighters years, most fighters aren't even anything. pro yet. What? No. Oh, like wow. when, when you got skills, you know, and and like you have enough backing behind you, yeah, you might be 17 and no, you might not have devastating power. I mean, look, Devin Haney's never been that power puncher. But one thing that we know for sure, he can stay safe. He like they they trained him to be a def, a defense first fighter. So when you put somebody like that in a ring with somebody that just don't know how to box or just flat footed and really really you know that's really going in there to to lose, you know. Um, obviously, I, I will put I will put my son in there too if 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 he was Devin Haney, you know, like oh yeah, it's time for you to go like. Like you already sparred all the top top professional fighters, so like um yeah, let's just go ahead and and um let's see what you can do. I mean, obviously s- slowing it down. Obviously, like most of his career was padded with like with easy fights, and but you know once <laughs> once that happens, once you go up the rankings and start like you know so 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 boom. Mason Menard Mason Menard was easy. Huh? Mason Menard, that was easy, easy fight. Every, Common opponent with Teofimo Lopez. Every, every opponent now with Devin Haney name on it would be an easy fight. Like even a Why JoJo though? Diaz. But, but because you think he's skilled, then one, yes, he's incredibly skilled. Okay. Two, they're calculative. They know exactly what type of a fighter to put him in there with, and what it's going to look like. They're not playing a numbers game, whereas though, okay, the chances. No, they don't play by chance. But, but they were chasing Vasil. They were chasing Vasil. They were chasing Tiafimo. Now they're chasing Camboso. Those aren't guaranteed wins. Those are the top guys. No, but look, it's kind of cool to like count to call somebody out that like really not paying you no mind. Lomachenko, he's not paying Devin Haney no mind. You know, but no, right now, I, mean, I, I would actually like to see it now. Well, that's the fight I, I feel like should happen because I feel like he was paying on mine because him and his team went decided down, to take franchise. They, they went down to the WBC convention. Like, you know what? Instead of fighting him, let's get the, this franchise belt. You could, uh, he was already interim at the time. You could make him the champion. We'll take the franchise. You know, wouldn't you say because that they were thinking about him because they chose to not take the fight with him? No, no, Lomachenko. Especially at that particular time, is next level. Mm. He don't got time to be dealing with somebody with a fucking overly padded record that's too young <laughs> to even be in his in his like presence. But he was the mandatory. He was next up. You From what? Him. From what? What did he fight? The WBC. He was in a tournament. This is something that, that a lot of people don't see. At what time? Did these young fighters actually get put in a position where as though, let's say it's even a 50-50 fight. Mm-hmm. Is it really a 50-50 fight? Have they ever been in a 50-50 fight? I hate the fact that like, like we would have fighters that's like highly ranked that didn't fight anybody that was actually at the top 10 rank, ranking. Mm. How? How? You know? You're talking about like people, people like in, I hate bringing up Ennis because Ennis... Ennis is a good fighter. You know what I mean? He is a good boxer. He's a good boxer that definitely deserves an ass whooping from Bladder Flair. <laughs> but, like, just to be fucking straight honest. You're going to make me spit where, up my little energy drink here. 
at what place did this man actually fight a top 10 fighter to be placed at top 10? We talk about Virgil. We talk, we talk about um, Conor Ben. All these, all these young fighters. And I don't want to talk bad about them. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, who fought a real top 10, 147 fighter that night? Don't, don't talk about no goddamn guy that just, that just happened to move up and wait from 140 that had really no business even being in a weight class anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, or somebody that just that took the money, you know. They, I like what you're saying. You know, they take, He's they right. take the money. He's they, right. He's right. You know. They, Listen, Sergey moved up. Delorme has been a title challenger for a long time or a contender, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. At 140. But, but that same question could be asked about you. Who is your top 10 win? That's the thing. That's the thing. But I, you know how you know how crazy, you know the difference between Blair Flair and these other guys? Mm-hmm. I actually want the smoke. I actually want the smoke. Like, like the thing is, right? But like, that's what I'll Ennis is been... saying. Ennis is saying the same thing you're saying. No. No. Ain't nobody saying what I'm saying. See, the thing is, look, all these young fighters that ain't never really, that ain't really, like, been tested like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. notice one thing. Not one of them are calling each other out. They want to get to the top, and then it's like, okay, fine. Then, then we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. They want to fight. So you're saying, fight so you're saying, Ennis there. isn't calling out Virgil. Virgil isn't mm-hmm. calling out Ennis. Connor exactly. isn't calling out Ennis. You know, they not calling you out. I get what you're saying. Exactly. That's a big difference. That's where you see who's the who's a man, and who's really not a man. So I got I, got, I really got to ask because I'm not gonna lie to you. I really thought Devin looked better in the JoJo fight. Ah, he's he still did, on that. He's he still did the Lenaris fight. That's I, my opinion. You know what? You know, the, I, he, he's I, an cr- incredible fighter. And, like, yes, he, he possibly looked better than the Lenaris fight. But what I saw, and I, and I was right there, right. front row, you know, t- on a technical level, I saw too many flaws. That could have really been the result of him, his body maturing. It could have really been the result of the fact that, like, he ain't no little boy no more. You know, that like he can't get away with the certain shit that he used to do, you know, but um, that's it. You know, of course, we're going to say, OK, he won. OK, but I thought that that fight was a little bit too close. If mm. if, you, if we were over here really scoring it on a on a live on a on a certain level, he could have not won. Mm. I did not see yeah, that. Let I me didn't tell you. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, but I hear you. But I you, think you I were think sitting. Maybe, maybe you want. Maybe you want a piece of Devin. Absolutely not. I don't want no piece of Devin. Like <laughs> you, know, you know, Devin. No, like I'm. I'm actually really cool with Devin, and I don't wish nothing on Devin. You know what I mean? I I can't wait to see what happens when he gets in there with Kimbosas. You know why? Because I think that he might win. I think that he has. A very very good career, you know. But you have to be tested, you know. And um, so you I don't think, think Devin's been testing either? No, I think that was a good test. Okay, I think that was a good test. Honestly, he had he had some flaws, and he he got he 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 had a little bit of resistance, and he persevered through it. Because there was a lot of times where like, um, JoJo is actually punching in the exchange, and I saw some of those punches. Were deadly and very devastating. So you do you, you think JoJo hurt Devin in that fight? 
A little bit. Really? Not, okay. not, not like, oh, shit, he's going to go okay. out, but just a little bit. Just enough to be like, okay, he's he's giving him a little bit of resistance. So, so I mean, back to the... Which means he's he's, he's better than what I, people I think. I want to shift back to you because are you mm-hmm. with Golden Boy or is it a working relationship? Well, I'm, I'm with Golden Boy right now. So, like, you know, contract... Under con- contract. Contracts is contract. So you're under contract with them. Yeah, until until further so, notice. So, so why couldn't you get like Rashidi Ellis or Virgil Ortiz, even what Alex Rocha maybe? Um, who else Golden Boy has over there that's a welterweight? Those are it. Not many. I wonder who wants to fight me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm the one calling everybody out. <laughs> like, you know, I don't give a shit. Like, I really don't give a shit. You know, and that's that's a big difference. When you got somebody like that, because they're dangerous. So, so what's know? the plan though? Have they given you like some sort of trajectory? Because if guys don't want to fight you, I mean, it's their job to get you a fight. Yeah, and 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 a, and a, and a top ten fight, like you're saying, you know. Absolutely. Um, I would love any one of those guys. I think. Um, I think right now we're working on it. We're working on getting a big fight like that. And Honestly, by big what fight, I wanted was was Mikey. I really want Mikey Garcia. Like I want that smoke like today, tomorrow, next week, anytime. You can call me like last minute. I can take that. You know, stuff like that cuz you know, he's he's a good fighter and like everybody needs I think right now But have they offered that name? Has that something they told you is a possibility? That was, that was, that was a possibility at one point. You know, it was a possibility at one point. Adrian Broner was a possibility at one point. You know, that's that's a that's the big fight. You know, that's the fight that's going to sell. Everybody wants to see that fight. You know, you have two actual like real marketable um, showmen. You think Broner crosses that street though? Absolutely. I think Broner crosses any street that like that allows him to get paid the most money and that brings him back into relevance. And, um, and he deserve it. He deserves to be back. Since we are obviously, you know, here with Blair, uh, got a super chat from Casual Bass Guy. Mm-hmm. He says, Blair, given the opportunity, would you take a title shot with Crawford or Spence first? Look, um, I can't take Spence serious right now at all. Why? Because we Blair, why we, you wilding? We really don't know. He's a unified champ. Why? Why is he unified champ? Because he beat Porter. Sean Porter. And he How had long a, ago he was Kelbrook. that? How the fuck is he even keeping these belts? How? What you mean? Like, if, if you don't fight He's never been belt, inactive. He's never gone 12 months inactive. I mean... Uh, well, yes, he has. Well, well part of it... Part, yes, he, he has. He did. He went 14 months, but part of it was a car okay. accident. But another part was the pandemic. I yeah. mean... You know, you you were inactive longer. If if you want to, you know, yeah, but definitely. I mean, he 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 obviously got an extension because he defended his mandatory with Danny Garcia for the WBC, right? And then obviously he what, was. How did you think about that fight? What what, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Um, I mean, Danny doesn't let his hands go these days, man. It's been a long time since he stopped letting his hands go. You know, he, he reminds me of Adrian Broner right now. You know, uh, they're more he, defense than offense. He got comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the money. We were talking about that with Paulie. You know, you get to a, it's not necessarily just money, uh, but it's like you said, comfort. You get to a certain level in your career, and you just stop taking risk. You know, that's, that's, you got, you that's got a family fine. at home. So, you got business. Yeah. So Blair, I'm, I mean, with 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 your comments saying you can't take Spence serious, 
what what do you say to the fan that says, well, Spence's resume at 147 is wasted period of t- uh, Terrence Crawford's? No. no. You you think Crawford has a better resume at 47? No, absolutely not. But the thing is, right, what we're looking at is, like, we don't know really where Earl Spence really lands, where he stands. Let's just put it like this. Why did that Manny Pacquiao fight not happen? The the tax Ragnar. Well, no, 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 okay, no, no. Hold up, hold no, up. Now no, you said no. the tax Ragnar. No, no, no. His time, his timeline is wrong. Timeline is wrong. Pacquiao didn't want the smoke. Think about it. Uh, Earl beat Mikey Garcia. I was there. Forty-eight thousand people. He's not injured. Pacquiao no, gets in the ring. No retina. Floyd is there. Pacquiao's there. Everyone's in the ring. Pacquiao, I'll see. He didn't want the fight. He, he he got called out right there in front of Floyd on in front he of everybody. He stepped into the ring. Stepped into the ring. He didn't want that Earl Spence fight, and he nah, obviously I chose. That. I he, doubt that, bro. He obviously chose not to fight Earl. Think about nah. Just check. Nah, let's check the I was, timeline. I was actually I'm in the, the camp timeline. with Pacquiao, mm-hmm. getting ready, getting ready for, for Spence. Mm-hmm. And why didn't he take it? He did take it. They were no, already he's, signed. He's, he's talking. He uh, signed up. He's talking uh, August last year. Blair is when obviously the fight was announced and official. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about look, look. I'm about talking it. about 2019. 2019 is when he was supposed to take the fight. He, March 16th, 2019. He, you yeah. know, Mikey lost to Earl. Earl is in the ring. Floyd is in the ring. Pacquiao gets in the ring. Porter goes on a fight. I mean, uh, Earl goes on a fight. Porter and Danny. Then there was rumor that he was going to fight uh, Pacquiao. But, but, but no, like, if Pacquiao wanted that, he did it in 2019 when he seen 48,000 people at Cowboys Stadium. I mean, did Pacquiao even get 50? How many he got with Joshua Clotty? No, nah, it was like 40. Look, so, you know, you've seen that young boy beat your Earl, record. Earl currently has the third high, highest attendance there. And, Can- and, pa- and Canelo has two of the highest. Right. Canelo did 73 with Billy Joe, 53 with Liam Smith. Earl did 48 with Mikey Garcia. So, believe me, if Pacquiao wanted some money, both in ticket sales and in pay-per-view, he'd have jumped on that. He didn't. I like one, one. <laughs> Check this out. Pacquiao is doing a lot. <laughs> you know? So, like, fitting mm-hmm. that into his schedule. You know, as as like a major influence in his country mm-hmm. and trying to become the president and all that stuff. Like, I don't know. But like one thing I do know for sure is that Pacquiao really don't care. <laughs> he don't care. Like he truly believes that he's the greatest mm-hmm. of all times. You know, so like he really don't care. Like, I don't think that not for one moment that he was actually afraid of a Earl Spence. Now, the thing is, right. We fast forward later on, they finally get the fight done, you know, and then like Pacquiao's training 100% for a Earl Spence. Yeah, fight. as a, and then a, as a Bon happens? Voyage fight, though, Blair, as a last hurrah, my last paycheck. It don't even matter because the thing is, like, I'm not even watching Pacquiao. You know what I'm watching? Earl Spence. Mm-hmm. I'm, my eyes is qu- like, first of all, these two fighters. Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence, I've been watching these guys like more than they probably ever watched themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I know them more than they know themselves. Mm. You know, and like when I when I say that, like one of the things that I can't really take serious right now with Earl is because, like, what happened? 
And then we say, and then this happened, the detached ratna. You know how you get a detached ratna in fucking sparring? He must have been getting his ass kicked. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know how really bad that accident had plagued him. We don't know how, like, we don't know what position Earl really is in. I remember when they were, when, like, at one time, they were, like, it was, like, finally Earl is talking about fighting um, Terrence Crawford. That's because, like, he literally just got out of a fucking accident, and he's probably shot. And, like, in his mind of, like, oh, shit, I'm shot. Like, I might as well just go ahead and make the money. You know what I see? I see a lot of fear in Earl Spence. Whoa. I, I see a man a that doesn't take tune ups, you see fear? Yes. Yes. What, 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 I, explain. I see, I see please a lot of explain. fear. Please explain. Look, you don't need to take a tune up. For, like, Mikey Garcia is a tune up for him. He's tailor made for him. Danny Garcia is a tune up? I mean, Your yeah, Philadelphia I mean, yeah, boy? Dan, Danny Garcia, yeah. At that particular time, yes. He's a tailor made fight uh, for Ugas him. Ugas is a tune up because he's coming over a detached retina straight into Ugas. I would love to see that. I would love mm. to see that. But um, well, that's I, happening. Uh, April sixteenth and eighteenth. I mean, okay, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But yeah. let's just put like three belt this. unification. Ugas is is the weaker fighter out of everybody. <laughs> out Yo, of Ugas everybody. out here in Vegas, man. I know he, he, he like, gonna give you some work. He man. just please, you, somebody. Let's see what happens to fucking Ugas when he gets in the ring with Blair Flair. It happened already. Oh, so you sparred him at Silas. Man, I spanked him so bad. I didn't even. I discarded who the hell he was. I never knew who who he was. But this he was just, before he or after never, the belt. He before just, after the belt. Long before the belt. Okay. When I first came here, I came here out of shape at mm-hmm. a one forty one one forty pounder. You know what I mean? And I I I dismembered that guy. I was like, I like cool. I'm like, but, my but, bones is the one that had to tell me like, yo, you know who who that guy was? That was Ugas and stuff. Blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, on to the next. Mm. But he just got done beating the guy you said Errol Spence was scared of in Manny Pacquiao. I didn't say, I'm not, I definitely don't think that Errol Spence is scared of Manny Pacquiao. What I'm saying is that Errol, Errol Spence is scared. I'm calling scared, goddammit. He's scared of Terrence Crawford. Mm. Why? Because that's a real fight. But why Why do you believe that? Because he, he, he's the one unifying, you know, like he's doing all the heavy lifting according to him. Doing all the heavy lifting. He's picking up all the belts. He's like Thanos out in these streets. Yo, it. Terrence Crawford would easily dismember every single fighter that Earl Spence did. But he is. And he isn't worse. though. But and he isn't worse. though. But he isn't. He's not getting those fights. Is Earl doing all the heavy lifting? I know because they they got this whole thing where they want to in, invite politics and ratings and this and that in, in the whole th- the whole realm of boxing as a sport. Mm-hmm. Now it just got to a point where like I'm like, you know what, fuck a sport. You know what I mean? I'm going on the entertainment side. Mm-hmm. Because one thing for sure, like Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford don't even have shit against me when it comes to entertainment value, which means that I'm going after the people that don't even know boxing mm-hmm. on top of the boxing fans. Mm-hmm. Now the thing is, we can talk about Terrence Crawford. I guarantee you 100%. I... I bank this even with God. You know what I mean? He loses against Blair Flair. Terrence Bud Crawford. Yes, he loses. And matter of fact, it, it's, it's like this. If <laughs> the moment go, he signs, if he signed the contract to fight me, the moment he signs a contract, he loses. Tell the truth. Let's go. Let's go. 
But he needs a fight, and you ain't got a hey, fight. Is that he, the big if fight? He, if and he needs a, a free agent, is that the me. big fight? Fight me. Is that the I big fight? I dare you, because you're definitely going to lose your title. And then finally, like, because let's put it like this. Yo. I studied Crawford so much to such a degree that, like, there's absolute. Like, it's not going to be like a. You know, the only person that's going to be surprised in that fight. I'm not even going to be smiling. The betting line is going to be surprised. Come on, man. Oh yeah, I'm gonna bet everything. I'm going to be super rich. I'm putting. <laughs> I'm putting like a couple mil on me, like because that would be great. You know, I'm. I'm shit, I might as well. I might as well walk away with a hundred mil. But like, let's just put it like this. If he fought me, and like, I dare you. I dare somebody. I dare Terrence Crawford fart, fight. Somebody <laughs> fight me. Yo, how old, old are you? Got, how old are you? How old am I? Yeah. Shit, man. Well, I'm about 22, 24. Yeah. <laughs> about 31. I'm 32. 32. Okay, you okay. So you Blood. got you got about two years on Crawford. He's 34. You got about two years. You got to do it. If you're going to do it, you got to do it now. Black, Why I, not? I got Terrence Crawford is at the best, at the peak of his career and his abilities. He's you, incredible. You think he's at the peak? You don't think that because of the age he could be on the backside? Hell no. Okay. Hell no. Blair, I gotta ask, what do you say to the person that's watching this right now as you say as you say these things? And they're like, why would what have you done to deserve a fight with Terrence Crawford? You're not even top 15 in the WBO rankings. What do you say to that person? I'm the fucking most Exciting man in boxing. And hold up. Time out. Don't we got YouTube boxers now? Mm-hmm. Aren't you tired of seeing these fucking YouTubers go in there making tons of money and really not having any real fine, like real background in boxing? Mm-hmm. You know, fighting other people that has absolutely zero fights and zero like real boxing experience? Mm-hmm. Aren't you guys tired of that shit? If you're tired of it, never fear. Blader Flair is here. That's Period. Cool. Like what? What? What more do you want I, than the I, next I don't big attraction in boxing? I don't understand, honestly, Blair. Like, uh, you know, I ain't, I ain't trying to beat a dead horse, but I don't understand what's up with Golden Boy and you because I think you're marketable. I think you go above and beyond to sell yourself. Uh, you know, they've put you on Canelo undercards, but I just, I don't think that they're giving you that Virgil Ortiz push. Or, Why would they give me Virgil Ortiz? If no, 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 holding their fucking promotion no, 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 together. I don't mean give you him as an opponent. I mean, I don't think they're investing time and money into you the way that they're investing time and money into him. Of course. Of course. But why, but, though? But you're more marketable, in my opinion. I'm far more marketable. You attract, you're, attract you're appealing to more fans. people. I got more Mexican fans than he do. I mean, you know I don't know. Saying? I don't know what metrics you're using to, to check that, but you'll be surprised. You know, if I the moment I start getting do on a sp- major stage and they actually promote me, I have a big Mexican audience. You, and not only that, I have I have everything else. I have everybody else. Do you feel like you speak better Spanish than him? Because I'm sure. I don't know. That's probably close. I mean, let me hear your Spanish, man. I'm trying I'm trying to practice, man. Oh, yo, Virgil got yo, you. Yo más práctica. Okay, there you that go. Wasn't that, wasn't yeah, yeah. that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. Let me get to yo, some. Yo, oh. yo, yo, no um, yo no tengo amigas uh, when I was living in, when in vivo in, in Guadalajara. No, no. No tienes amigos. No amigos But let me get to some of these questions from the people. Uh, I got David Maldonado all the way in New York City. He says, who wins in a battle of Philly, Boots versus Danny, and how? Boots. 
I feel like Boots right now. Why? Because he's on a tear. He's he's a he's a devastating fighter. And as long as he's not like reckless, see the thing is, Danny Garcia is dangerous, man. <laughs> Yo, but you just called him a tune-up for Earl. You did. Yeah, but the thing is. He's tailor-made for Earl. Yes, for Earl. Earl. Mm. I hate when people start, like, doing that. You know what I mean? Right now, like, people are really, like, losing the whole idea that, like, styles make fights. You know? And it don't matter because we all, we all, all we're looking at right now is numbers and statistics mm. and undefeated records. Fuck your undefeated record. Like, you know what I mean? That, that type of shit is, is what's killing this boxing right now. Like I don't care if you got a couple a couple losses. One of the most dev, um one of the most like uh dangerous fighters are the ones that lost and that don't have nothing to lose anymore. Mm. You know, but these these undefeated fighters they it's like why? Why are we caring so much about them to a point where we we're invested so much like even emotionally to a point where we have to be like, oh man, I don't want him to fight that guy because I want him to keep his old. Like no, mm. I want to see what happens when he gets tested. Cause boxing, you know what we you know what's special about boxing that you're not really going to see too much anywhere else. You know when things get rough, you can see the spirit of a man, and that's the most inspiring shit in the world. And people want to see it, mm-hmm. and they've been starved out. Shout out Jerry Forrest. That was a beautiful fight. That's when you got to see who who he really was in that fight with uh with Big Bang, man. He went down three times, kept getting up. But I got another one that's, from the that's people. What I, that's what people want to see. Absolutely. Deontay uh, Wilder. Go through what adversity. Do you think about the Deontay Wilder fight? Same thing. Go through adversity and, and, and show what you're made out of. You know, even though he didn't win, he, you know, two more knockdowns in his last fight. Absolutely. Uh but I got a, I got Chick Chickarelli who says Woo! It's Blair the Flair. Awesome. Shout out to you. Two glove emojis. Uh, love you guys. Love you guys. I love all my supporters and fans. Um, Blair the Flair has the the best fans. That's right. The most exciting man in boxing has the most exciting fans in boxing. Decatur Georgia's own Lids Lowe says, if the opportunity presented itself for you to fight Maurice Lee from TMT, would you? Who the hell is Maurice Lee? In Jesus' name? You never heard of Maurice Lee? No. Oh, wow. He was supposed to get that Earl Spence fight once upon a time? So I trust I trust God's word. They was talking and, uh, about God's him. word's been treating me very well. They, I'm healthy, strong, and about to knock Earl Spence out in Jesus' name. They was, wow. talk, they was talking about him. Um, South Pole. They I was, think Floyd sparred with him and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, they, they was talking about him for... I can't take any of those people in, in, like, in Floyd Mayweather's gym serious. Mm. You don't take a lot of people serious from what we're hearing today. No, like, Boots ain't uh, serious. Who, who, Earl ain't serious. The no, Floyd Mayweather Earl is, ain't serious. Earl is ser- serious, but like I can't take him too serious until, <laughs> until I see how... like what, What's the damage like? Is he really? Is he really good? But we've been waiting shot? to see damage from like the first accident, and it ain't there. He like, keeps showing you it ain't no damage. I don't know, man. Like, dude, he got a detached retina. That's why he couldn't so, fight Manny Pacquiao. So, oh, so right now you just said that should he keep his belts? I mean, he's about he to fight him. Ugas. Okay, another oh, unification. Okay, yeah. let's see what happens. I like after that, maybe I'll be like, okay, this dude is serious. I got Andre Brown that says, word around town is that Boots got the best of you in sparring some time ago. Can you tell us how that sparring was? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. 
No, not really. Because it wasn't an event. It mm. was an event for him. Why? Because I was the fucking man. <laughs> and even when I'm off, even when I was out of shape, it was such a big deal for him. Mm-hmm. It was such a big deal for his camp, for his father to just spar me. Why? That's the fucking question people should be really asking themselves. Well, shit, if I'm such easy work, fight me then. Fight me then. And, see, you, and let's see what happens. Who, who do you feel? Who do you feel? Obviously, there's there's been a lot of talk. Let's, let's not... You know, Ax Slow, there's been a lot of talk about Boots being that next guy, right? You know, we see Very the headlines. Possible. We see uh, the comments <laughs> Sean Porter has made saying, you know Called what? Called him overrated. You know, he's like, let him prove himself, whatever the case may be. Right now, today, today's uh, February 10th, 2022. Mm-hmm. Which of the top welterweights do you see Boots beating today? Um, I don't know. Honestly, it depends on the type of fight. Honestly, if I didn't exist, it'd be pretty easy. <laughs> Let's go. It'd be pretty easy. You see, you know how to sell. See, like, it, it always has to come back to you, and you know how to do that. I love it. No, it's <laughs> I'm true. Just, I'm shout out, brutally honest. Shout out to Mad Bent 100 uh, with the Super Chat. Kansas said, City, stand up. He say, Blair giving us the flair. He wants to smoke. That's right. I got some all more coming smoke. in. <laughs> Steve, all the way in the United Kingdom, says, "Can I get a natural boy? Excuse me, nature boy style? Woo! <laughs> Come on, Blair. I've been waiting the last fucking hour, man. What you waiting on? <laughs> I got a guy. Save these woos, goddammit. Uh, I got a big fight coming up. Uh oh. And there's no telling. How you ain't gonna drop the news How in the new studio, man? Come on, man. At least give us the initials. Let us fucking guess. Rhymes with what? What? His name. What the your, fuck does it rhyme your with? The opponent. <laughs> the opponent. I can't. I can't say that until. Merger. Until... Merger. Mortiz. <laughs> oh, that would be nice. Um, no. Barney. I can't. Barney Parcia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We got to We got to see. We got to see what happens. You know, because honestly, at the end of the day, like, I have to honestly thank anybody that gets in the ring with me. Seriously. So who's it gonna be, Blair? I don't know because we gotta see if you've they gotten sign. some names. They have to sign first. Leak an initial. Uh, you've spoke about a lot of names today. Is yeah. it a, is it a Golden Boy only welterweight? I don't know. Ah. Uh, I, but I gotta ask. Uh, you know, because to me, this is what makes sense. Wait, I didn't even Hold finish on. this guy's uh, question. Oh, go ahead. Because he, he had to do the Nature Boy. Woo! Go ahead. Woo! There we go. And he says, thanks for coming on the show. It seems from the outside looking in that the pandemic has somewhat stunted your career progression. Now that the pandemic appears to be coming to an end, fingers uh, emoji cross, what do you have planned to put the entire welterweight division on notice for 2022? Is the year of the cop? Um... Well, year of the flare, but um... (laughs) Blair Cobbs is not in the ring. Who the fuck is Blair Cops? Um, anyways, um, possible. It's possible. That, man, one of the things that people need to understand is that anything's possible. Anything's possible. So, hey, the pandemic's over. I had a whole lot of momentum in 2019. 
And Bro, really, the fur I got coat, a lot of momentum the moment I the, fight. The fur coat was awesome, and I'm going to be the first to say it. Uh, I know they do it on other shows, but who wore it better? I think that you did it and inspired Roly. I don't know. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. Roly's copying me so hard. Oh, it's okay because we're friends. You know, it's, <laughs> I was like, I, I, text, I text him like, I don't know why you trying to how be do you, like me, man. How do you see the fight with him and Javante? You still didn't get all the things. Like, you don't have rings. You don't have watches. You don't have, you have a fucking fur coat, man. <laughs> it seems like now with uh, the um, issues he had outside of the ring that's been cleared, seems like he'll be getting that Javante Davis fight next. That is the um, How do you see that fight play up? I don't know. I want to see that. Have you sparred him? That. Being from Vegas, you and Roley mix it up? No. Whoa. No. no I, I hear he's a big boy. He's a big boy, but the thing is, like, you can be big, but then you're against a giant. Mm. It's just, I don't know. It's um, I'm not the kind of person that people want to spar. Let's just put it like that. I'm, I'm very frustrating. I can, I make people feel like, God damn it, I don't know how to fucking fight. You know what? I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take some time off. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I do people sometimes, cause I, like I don't just I'm not just boxing in there, you separating know? yourself. Yeah, there's a big separation, and and like there's things that I'm doing. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm strategic. So I'm I'm thinking. I'm I'm plotting. I'm organized, and like I'm doing things that you don't see often. You know, Blair, I got mental warfare. I gotta ask, right? You've mentioned the Jerome Ennis of the world. Terrence, Arrow, Danny Garcia. How does a fight between Blair the Flair play out against Michael McKinson? Mickinson? Yeah. I don't oh. even know who Michael McKinson is. Well, Mickinson. Re- uh, Mickinson. Mi- He's fighting Virgil Ortiz. And that's why I It's asked already that. signed, sealed, delivered. Oh, yeah, that guy. March 19th. <laughs> March Easy 19th. work. <laughs> yeah. Who? He- he, yeah, he doesn't have any power. They uh, give according zero to his shits record. to him. Like, yeah, he, he's he's easy work. Yeah. He's easy work for uh, for Virgil. Virgil's gonna run through him. Like, they're never gonna put him in a fight where it's though like, oh shit, he could possibly lose. Mm. I mean, look, when you have fights where as though you knocked every single person out, that is incredible matchmaking. And not mm. only that, but the thing is. It gives you a lot of confidence. False sense of confidence, no? I don't know. Because obviously he does have some power. But the thing is, right, that can weaken you. That can weaken your your whole perspective in boxing because what happens when you can't just you can't just you can't just knock this guy out. Mm-hmm. What if you have to be patient and you have to actually like box somebody? Right. You know, what if a motherfucker what if like like let's put it like this. What if Maurice Hooker was taller? I mean, well, not not taller, but bigger, bigger and stronger. What if Maurice Hooker was an actual one forty seven pounder? What would happen if Maurice Hooker actually went in there believing that he could? I fight? mean, but he fought Cavalaskis. That's a real one hundred and forty seven pounder, and that was a good fight. Taylor made though. Common opponent with Terence Crawford. He put Crawford down. Most people. But is he Crawford? See, the thing is, a lot of people are just judging people off of like who they fought that's common mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but like you gotta judge people for like what what they are what's 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 your what for somebody like Virgil Ortiz you have to think about it and I'm, I'm not I'm not down in Virgil I think that he's a, a terrific fighter I honestly I think all of these young fighters are terrific fighters you know all everybody me fucking Ennis um um Connor. all of them all of them 
all of these all of these young fighters are great, especially Virgil. But the thing is, like, where do you think? What do you think? Do you think that Virgil Ortiz is flawless to such a level where as though like there's certain fighters that wouldn't give him a run for his money? Like what? what no, no. What I, do you I don't think? What do you really think? Like Virgil getting in there, where Terence Crawford really looked like. Honestly, I mean his style. His style could cause some problems for Crawford. I think. I mean, you know, obviously, you're always gonna give some benefit of the doubt to that Mexican style. Plus, he's he's not traditional Mexican. He's a little straighter. He comes down the pipe. You know, he's that's youth. not gonna work. He's got youth. That's not gonna work. He, you can't like you think that you're just gonna just run straight into. Into um no. into um Ter- Crawford? Uh, Terrence Crawford no, no that's not no. gonna work you're not gonna just walk straight into um Crawford you know and and expect good results you know um what other options do we have I guess he's explosive but are those punches that uncommon to a point where you couldn't figure out what's going on with him what happens when you make him stumble over himself a little bit because Terrence Crawford's gonna do that with his feet. He's gonna fight you with his feet, right? You know, if you have your high, if you have such a high guard because you can't, you like you don't want to get hit in the face, and you don't really have the kind of um, reflexes to get out of the way of shots. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that like stops like what you can actually see? You know, like what happens when he gets hurt to the body? What happens when he actually gets hurt to the head and like and is in there with somebody that knows? How to shut him down? Hmm. That's not afraid of his power because he's not landing. Well, I got uh, James Valdez in San Antonio, Texas. This says Blair uh, Bud versus Spence. Who wins and how? Again, I really don't know what what Spence have like, until left. after this Ugas fight. Yeah, I, I would love to see what like where he really stand. Mm-hmm. You know, and lots of like we're gonna see. But honestly, like that, and obviously that should be an easy fight for uh really for, for Earl. Ugas gave Porter some problems, man, and he obviously upset Pacquiao. No one expected that. A lot of people felt that he beat Don't tell Porter. me you picked him to beat Pacquiao. Yeah, kinda. Uh you next time you make a pick, you better do it on this show. We need that on record. On only and the only reason why is because like one, Pacquiao is just is just older fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, and like Definitely past that time where as though like where boxing was like his one hundred percent one hundred percent dream. You know? I said one hundred percent twice because like you kinda gotta be double. It's gotta be you're a hundred percent for your dream and your dream is a hundred percent on that. You know, so like I don't know. I like I just I could I like it's not something where as though like, oh wow, I I was surprised. And the reason why is because like that was his one and only opportunity for like for true greatness is fighting somebody like Manny Pacquiao. If anybody steps in the ring with Manny Pacquiao, that's legendary for them. Mm-hmm. That's everything. Yes. Like, but I he would had, die But you gotta raise to you gotta rise to that occasion, and he did it. You know, you gotta oh, give him credit for for for, for I doing give him it. One hundred percent credit, and like he's an incredible fighter. I mean, he's he's doing really good, and you know what? I just want to see what happens. What happens when Earl gets tested? You know, like you don't feel like how, he's been tested already. I just want no, like 
after this crash. Oh, after the injury after and the, everything. After the so injuries, I've, and then like he even got injuries in camp. Like we gotta really start thinking about like, well, shit is is he gonna be even okay for this fight? Mm. Is he gonna make it through training camp? Like I I don't know, but the best of Earl Spence versus the best of Terrence Crawford. Who do I think wins? Crawford. So let me ask you this before you give your reason why. <clears throat> in what fight do you think Bud was his best, and in what fight do you think we saw the best of Errol Spence? Um, honestly, I think that like they both look the same in every single fight. You, they literally put their best performance in every single fight. Um, so like let's put it like this: the last fight for for Earl Spence was Danny Garcia. I didn't really watch that fight. But every fight before that was the best fight I've ever seen of him. It was like every single fight, he 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 was either better or just as good. And one of the best fights I've seen him in was um was against Sean Porter, obviously. You know, he Hell of he a went, fight. He went through a lot of adversity with Sean Porter. Hell of a fight. You know, and then you got um Terrence Crawford. He 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 went through a lot of adversity with um with the same fighter, putting out the exact same stuff. You know, um, but there's just a major difference were between. You, were you there for that one for the Porter Crawford? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was there. What'd you make of the stoppage? I'm just curious. Oh man, I didn't like it. Okay, I didn't like it at all. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't like that. I I think that's all I could just say at this point. Like, I didn't like the stoppage. Okay. Um, <clears throat> we got a. But, I got but a few more like questions. Had, it's not like he was going to win. You know, um, it was a very easy fight when I when I saw it. Um, Terrence Crawford is a fighter that's in game. So what'd you make? What'd you make of? Because you just said it wasn't like uh, Sean was gonna win. What'd you make? Obviously, going into that final round, he was being told Crawford that is that he's down. He's down on the cards. He should be because he probably was, honestly. So why would you say that Crawford, that Porter had no chance of winning or that he wasn't going to win? reason why I said that, that Porter wasn't going to win, is because his brain checked out. Okay. I'm watching these people right. like a hawk. So what is it that you saw where that in that fight where you're like, yo, like he's mentally checked out of this fight? Okay. Like a little over past the half point of the fight, mm-hmm. what do you see? You see Terrence Crawford landing more shots, yeah, landing uppercuts, landing things. Why? Why is it? It's because what ends up happening is that Porter ended up reverting back to his old style and his old way of thinking mm-hmm. when he gets tired, mentally fatigued. He goes back into like this old, this way of thinking, whereas though he's a fucking football player. Mm. And like, you know, you know what he wants to do? Just bulldoze through. Like, don't think, just bulldoze through. Now, earlier into the fight, because he has more ability than Terrence Crawford, it's very easy to have more ability than Terrence Crawford. I'm far superior to Terrence Crawford Mm. in inability. You get what I'm saying? But you cannot beat a Terrence Crawford. When you are going on autopilot, he went on autopilot 
were around like the seventh round, you know what I mean, completely, and ended up running into really bad shots and getting hurt consistently, you know, and that's because his brain checked out. You know, his brain checked out. People people forget this. And I hate I hate even teaching people this shit because like it's one of my biggest secret weapons. Yeah, you have physical endurance. You have mental endurance. Cause you can get mentally fatigued in there. If you don't even own your shit, you can lose it. You know, and um and like that's kinda like how Terrence Crawford beats these guys. You know, he beats them because they get mentally fatigued. You know, it's not like, why you think he's losing early in the fights? Because they're on their game. They're watching. They're on the game and they're getting it. So you don't, you know, you and don't, then next thing you know it, they're not on their game. You don't, mm. you don't believe um, in <clears throat> when they say, you know, fighters take a couple rounds to figure, yeah, figure to, uh, you know, uh, figure you out. Figure kinda, you out, kinda, adjust, kinda, adjust. Kind of learn tendencies. You know, we hear, we hear it all the time with Canelo. Mm-hmm. We've seen Canelo, um, you know, down early on the cards. Uh, we saw Amir Khan, obviously, Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, people say the, these things. Do you feel that maybe that's the case? With, Take a few rounds to figure you out. Right, with Terrence Bud Crawford. Do you think that that is the case with him? Oh, yeah, of course. But, like, the case is this. He has the mental stamina to do that. Mm-hmm. Canelo has the mental stamina to do that. He slows the pace down to such a level where he's able to take inventory of every move. Every move you make, every t- every time you try to do something a little off, he- he'll remember it. Mm-hmm. He'll remember what your movements. Okay, what happens when he goes this way? What happens when he goes that way? What happens when I throw a body shot? I'm gonna throw a body shot. I'm gonna throw a body shot. Uh, matter of fact, now let's see what happens when I, I I'm going to throw a body shot. Come but over then the top. I, but not. It's not that he's just coming over the top. He just changed the, traje- the trajectory of the punch. But it's the exact same movement. It's the same movement right. as if he's throwing a body shot. No, he learns how to beat these guys that has these fast eyes, fighting these guys from Philly. The Ennis brothers and all them, all them Philly fighters, they, he brought them into camp to learn how to fight them. You know, I know how to beat these guys. That's why I call out Ennis. I'm going to be able to trick him, break him down, and then on top of that, he ain't going to have the fucking mental fortitude or the gumption to, like, survive. He's going to have to doubt himself every, every, step, every step of the way. It ain't going to be no lucky, like, knockdown. Even if he did, the worst, the worst thing that's going to happen is me getting up. Because then it's like, oh, shit, now I've really got a fight on my hands. Blair, um, let me get to some of these questions. Uh, Mr. Adore says, why has Golden Boy kept the most entertaining man in boxing on the shelf so long? That is a question that a lot of fans, a lot of people in boxing have been asking. And they want answers. So what's and the answer? And the thing is, it's not up to me to answer those questions. That's actually pointed at Golden Boy. So we. So how to, much longer know, do you have left in this contract? Uh, I can't really disclose contracts. Um, that's but just, the length that's of just, it, the time, how legally. many fights? Well, we gotta see what happened this year. You know, and let's see what happened this year. And honestly, like my job is just to focus on each fight. You know, get get stay active, stay 
loving the sports. They have a passion for boxing. That stuff. But how could you with, 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 you know, the time off that they're keeping you out of the ring? I mean, you got to get frustrated. Of course. I'm frustrated all the time. I'm frustrated all the time. You And like, that's the thing. You have to believe in God, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't believe in God. That's why they don't want to fucking take no goddamn chances. Mm. You know, they don't want to take no damn chances. Oh, I can't risk it. I can't risk it. Motherfucker, believe in God and, and just know that he got your back. Like, oh, no, I'm cool. Like, I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I got Jesus. Who do you got? You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day. And like, that's just how it is. And like, you know, right now I have to stay mentally tough and endure mm-hmm. and survive. Survive these, these long layoffs. It's hard, especially when there's no money, there's no finances, and all these things is going on. You know what I'm saying? You got baby mamas, you got baby mama drama, then you got you got heartbreak, you got this and that, then you got oh, don't get don't even let me get started with the fucking the um whatever trauma that you have going on as far as depression. I gone through plenty of depression. You know? So wait, so Blair the Flair has a has a son out there. Absolutely. I have, a, I have one son and one daughter. Okay. I got another one coming from Baltimore. The best dad ever says, who is the best lightweight in your eyes? Oh, man. Um, well, I've been learning a lot from um, Roberto Duran, honestly. So, like, yeah, like that, that might be one of my favorites, you know, right now. I, I think they meant active. <clears throat> oh, active? Oh, shit. You're talking about, like, the Ryan Garcias and everybody. Cambosos, Haney, Gervonta. Well, that's that's an easy no-brainer. Lomachenko mm. is is hands down the best. Mm. What happens if Lomachenko gets in there again with um, Teofimo? He loses. That's why that's the worst thing that could ever happen to him. What happens when Lomachenko gets in there with Tank? He loses. Mm. He loses bad. He's never going to be able to keep up with him. Matter of fact, he's going to get tired again, Petey Pat to death, and possibly retire from boxing. Talking about Javante? Yes. You know, Javante don't have a, the mental fortitude to like to stand like an ass whooping for a long period of time. I've seen him quit. Things things like that can happen when like when you are a little bit like we call it. Um, that thing that children get, and you know, they get spoiled. You get a little bit spoiled, and he's a little bit spoiled. He's, he's not making weight anymore. What the fuck is wrong with that? It's you been know? it's been a couple fights since he had the the weight issues, but yeah, yeah, you so. know, they were there. Uh, what'd you make of the comments Sean Porter made? You know, he had him in camp, and you know, he basically gave Javante his flowers and saying he was one of the toughest guys, you know, sparring and sparring, but that he shared the ring with. Uh, do you feel like Javante just can't? We haven't seen him in there against one of the top guys, but that's what we want to see, right? All those top guys. Do you think you don't you don't think Javante could hang with those Lomachenko's, Haney's, uh, no. Cambosos of the world? <laughs> um, well, Cambosos, I think he do pretty well with him, possibly. Um, Devin Haney, I don't even want to talk about what happened between him and Devin Haney. But um, and then like when it comes to anything, whoa, else, whoa, 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 whoa! Like Lomachenko, I don't come think on, he has come a on, come on, man! You don't want to give us the name of who you fight, and, and and you also don't want to tell us the T with with, with Tank and, and and Haney, because Bill was in here, this very same studio, in that very same chair, and you what know, what did he say? You know, he's I'm gonna curious. say that Devin what did, did his say? thing. 
uh, did his thing. And but that, to, and to that what tank, level? And that tank, uh, you know, the excuse was tank was not in shape or something like that. So you know, they had to stop it, right? Ain't that how it goes, right? Well, that's that's understandable. I mean, but hey, man, if that's the case, that's cool. But then the thing is, right? Was it really because he was tired, or was he just sick and tired? Sometimes we have to think like that on certain levels. Like, okay, was he was he really tired or was he just sick and tired? Because honestly, I think like he might have just been sick and tired. Mm. You know. But the thing is, he's still an incredible fighter. Devin's still an incredible fighter, and absolutely. also we gotta keep in mind, styles do make fights. Absolutely, I would absolutely. love to see what happens. But the thing is. Everybody is cowards, and the only person that's even talking about fucking fighting is Blair to Flair. I'm tired of this shit. Mm. Mm. Nuts, can I get a, to a couple super chats? Go ahead. Uh, we got Jaime Nieto. He said, yo, I love this interview. I am a Blair the Flair fan now. Um, we have Jesse Quesada. He says Blair Cobbs versus Connor Ben Matchroom slash The Zone slash UK. That's That should be a Absolutely. That is a, that's, I love that fight. Woo! We can say woo all the way to the bank. You um, know, absolutely. We got Mad Bent 100 says, Golden Boy, free Rashidi, free Blair. <laughs> I, absolutely. I would love that. Um, um, He's saying, like, free like free you guys out of your contracts. Oh, yeah, that, that that too. That, that'll be, I don't know. Like, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what Rashidi Ellis is going through, but there also, there's, there's, one, there's one aspect to Rashidi Ellis compared to me. You know, and that's why, like, I'm actually active a lot more than him. And the reason why is because he's just not promotable. And it's like, yeah, he can move on to, like, another another thing like PBC. But, like, is he going to be taken serious? Do he really have somewhere else to go, you know, outside of just dealing with Golden Boy? I don't really know because he's he's kind of hard to take it to, to, like, really take serious. And the reason why is because... He's not a promotable fighter. You you can't be just good. Being good is not good enough in boxing, especially if you're black. Especially if you're black. If you're a black fighter and you're just good, you're just good, that's not good enough. You know? That's just not good enough. Not good enough to get you the big fight. Absolutely not. He's like, you know, absolutely not. It's just not good enough. It's not good enough to get, get you the big fight mm, at good. all. Ness, you got more questions? Certainly have more questions. Hold up, and hold up, time out. Like you guys are reading off the um the comments and all nah, that. Nah, we got a, a specific post. We let our listeners know you were gonna be on. Okay, so they hold be- up, but, but like, some of them are super chats though. He's doing he's doing like live super. Give chats. me some of the bad shit. I was okay. <laughs> all right, so we got Mr. Stilia Chen. Where he from? Baltimore. We got Mr. Stilia Chen. He said. He said, we from Philly, he being you, of course. Now, ask him what happened to Devin when he came to the first sparring in Baltimore. He says, Roly 2.0, I listened to this clown enough. Mm. They're calling you Roly 2.0 out in these Roly 2.0? Hold on, what? Yeah, they're calling you Roly 2.0. But I don't get what he's saying, though. Like he, he's, he's, talk, he's talking about... You know, you know they don't believe Roly when he says he's gonna knock out Tank and Tank is a dwarf. So you know they calling you Roly 2.0. Like I guess they don't believe your story. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, but I'm the only person that's like, yeah, let's do it right now. I'm the only person that's even calling out such a person. 
when I when I got into his face mm-hmm. and called him out, he couldn't look me in my eyes like this. He being Ennis. He being Ennis. Mm. Let me do this. Let's say, man to man, you but talk I, to I me. But I think I was there. Wait, wasn't it no, at the no, Devin Haney no. fight? It was after Ennis fought. And I'm not going to lie, Blair. I'm looking at your post on your Instagram. You guys, your eyes, both you and Boots, your eyes seem to be locked in with each other. It seems like you guys Hell are looking. No, like that's, look, the only reason why he, why, why he finally wants to fucking have the gumption and the courage to fucking look me in my eyes is once everybody starts to like crowd around, you know? But like in the very beginning, he, he ain't about that. He ain't, he ain't about that. You know what I mean? Like that's that's some soft ass shit. Look, you, you see, I look him in his face, and like I'm waiting to get, catch that eye that eye contact. Mm. Good fight, good fight, champ. And you remember me? Yep, yep, yeah, Blair. The moment he saw me, his he deflated. You think so? Absolutely. <laughs> and then. Good fight, Jay. Blair, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to see this man, man. You you you've been talking a lot about Ennis, man. He's gonna come looking for you one of these days. Well, the thing is this, man. He just said after the whole shit, right? Mm-hmm. And he's looking like we finally fucking talking and everything. And like, look, when I'm I'm looking straight at him, what's good? Oh, now you know what's gonna happen. Yo, I need some help. I need some help. Yo, you know, there's lovers to this, right? Yeah, there's lovers. Uh, see, I was there. There's lovers. There's lovers to this, so, right? So did you guys have two run-ins? Because I know after he fought, you guys had that run-in. Yeah. Did you guys have another run-in? Because he keeps saying you guys had a run-in at the Devin Haney fight against It was Ojo. somewhere nah, else. It was somewhere him. else. I never saw him again. Oh, yeah. Because you know I will make it a spectacle. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was after he fought Delorme. So we got another super chat from Mr. Steely Chen once again. He said, Tank sleeps you. Boots sleeps you. Bud puts you in a coffin. Arrow Aww. puts you in a car wreck. Clown. Shit. Damn. Hard. You and wanted I'm, hard. And I'm the only one calling these guys out, man. You know, it's funny. Well, the thing is, that's kind of cool. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I, like that. I got some nice ones can, here. Can you ask him to put a boo in the comments, too? Like, please put boo. Like mm. with like at least six O's. Well, they 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 hear you. So um, perfect. I got more super chats. So you got you. Nah, got, go 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 all go, right. go. Matter got, of fact, I'm gonna like what's his name again? Uh, <laughs> Mister Steal Your Chin. Mister Steal Your Chin. Perfect. I'm gonna fucking spam his ass. I'm in <laughs> love with him. <laughs> we got uh, the heavy handed edition with a super chat. He says new Blair Cops fan. Um, we got Kai. He says, uh, what's the truth behind you and Boots sparring sessions? And his senior said you ran out the ring. Damn, ran out? Ran out? Because you keep saying you don't remember, but they remember, obviously. Ran out? Ran out. They say you ran out, man. Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> like, that's really interesting. Who's got the tape, man? Did you did did, did they record no it? Damn recorded? No, no man. it's always oh, tape. Somebody always recording. I don't know. Somebody you know, always got the recording. The whole thing is this, man. A guy is out of shape and really frustrated, and not only that, haven't even sparred. Nobody wants to spar me until like I'm off, yeah. and then I and then I get back in, and then like, oh, you know what? No, I'm cool. 
Like uh-huh. let me let me let me wait you out a couple like two or three more months, you know, while you're still off. Yeah, you know, you're not really in the, in the gym. So anymore. he caught you at the right time. You wasn't in he shape. Call, he called me at the right time, and the thing is, they remember it. Mm-hmm. You why? Got- because that's probably his biggest achievement. Mm. Well, good, 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 good. You fought me as a like, you know what I mean? While I'm off on a big, big crazy ass layoff, you know what I'm saying? In Philadelphia, let's see what happens. We got uh, two more super chats. Uh, New York Bullet says Cobbs versus Thurman because wow. they both can promote promote for sure. I no, do like that that's fight. That's a true fight. That's um, a true fight, man. I, would I do love like that, that fight. fight. You can, run straight into punches. You definitely got. <laughs> you definitely got um, the booze you were asking for, and Mister yes. Steal Your Chin with another super chat. Yes, he says I don't want to hear you call nobody out. Thirty two with sixteen fights, your career is disappearing in front of your eyes. Damn, why so harsh? Damn, like I know. <laughs> I think I love him though. Like, don't talk bad about him. Yo, I got some more over <laughs> here. We got James Benitez that says, and he's from Alabama. Blair, thanks for coming on the show. But on this show, there's a lot of Devin Haney bias and an extreme fanfare from our hosts. I've been saying Devin oh, a soft touch has no power we all know Devin can't make the weight and won't undispute 135 so can he compete at 140 147 or does he lose and get knocked out by all the top 10 at 140 I don't think I don't like think that Devin is an easy go for anybody Mm -hmm. especially at 140 and um I take him to like hell if look if you can't make 135 and and it sucks because you had all these fighters that's not fighting each other. They're not fighting each other. You know? There's just a whole lot of talk. And I respect Devin Haney more than I respect any of these other fucking fighters because they're all talking, but the only one that actually really wants to smoke is Devin Haney. Mm. Period. You know, at the end of the day, Devin Haney's like, yo, I want the smoke. I want the smoke. He's the only one that even called out Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think about that shit. Because that, that says a lot. That says a lot, man. Oh. <laughs> nice My going. Bad. <laughs> nice going, Ness. Um, a couple more super chats. Fucking Pop Smoke. We got rest in peace, Pop Smoke. And you know rest what? Be, before I continue with the super chats, I definitely want to send our love and prayers to Robert Easter Jr. Yes. You know, unfortunate oh, yeah. situation that occurred. Very unfortunate. And thankfully, he is still with us. Um, you know, so our love and prayers definitely go out to E Bunny and, you know, uh, hope to see a smooth and successful recovery, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this is obviously bigger than boxing. He posted in the hospital that he's doing better. Yeah, you know, um, so just our thoughts and love uh, definitely go out to Robert Easter Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a super chat from Stick Talk Boxing that says TBV, being the boxing voice, for those who may not know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is going to make this Road Flair back chat famous? Back chat famous. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, thank you very much. It sounds like a positive, a positive thing, and that's great. I just want to hear more about this other guy. Who is the other guy? Uh, Mr. Uh, Stillichin. I got somebody here for you in Florida, I Jordan Baker. <laughs> Jordan Baker says, the more you talk, the more you sound like a bullshitter. Cut the Jerry curl and speak the truth. Bill Haney going to call Ness and line your ass up. Laughing out loud emoji. 
Get out of Vegas ASAP before it's too late. <laughs> so, so Bill going to be listening to the show like, yo, tell Blair we want some sparring. I don't do sparring, man. I'm a fighter. Mm. I fight for money. Mm. I don't fight. I don't like do sparring matches for pride. I do sparring matches to like help develop me for a fight to get paid. You know, like that, like, and that's that's one thing that like I'm not over here trying to get rich and famous mm-hmm. off of fucking sparring. I'm not over here trying to get rich and famous for being a, a social media influencer. Like I don't give a shit. Mm. I'm the real deal. Shots fired at Ryan? No, I'm not. Shot, I'm not shooting fight. I'm not shooting shots at Ryan. But like, let's just be. I'm being 100 percent honest. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm not. There's no shortcuts. So it's not a shot. Me. It's a fact that Ryan. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's not. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's I'm not shooting shots at nobody. I'm just I'm just laying it out there. Now what I am doing mm-hmm. is putting on big exciting fights. What I am doing is being a promotable, a pr- very promotable fighter inside and outside the ring. I put. I you know what? People ain't doing enough. Well, shit. It, it, like you're not doing enough to be great. You're good. You're not great. You're not doing enough to be great. Well, mm. Bladder Flair is. Um, Woo! We got another super chat. Jason says mm. Blair needs to fight Conor Ben. I like that fight. I, I love like that, that fight. fight. I love that fight. And, and um, it should I'm be makeable. Sure it's yeah, on I, the same side. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the zone, and the zone loves me. That's the only reason why I'm still popping. You know, I like every major fight, it's not Golden Boy, it's the zone. You know, the zone, uh, I very much appreciate the zone. And honestly, I appreciate everybody. I appreciate my team. You know, Prince Ranch is doing incredible things with incredible fighters like myself. Reese Arlene, too. We had him on earlier today. Reece Shout Aline, out to Reese Arlene. come on. That dude is a monster. Mm-hmm. I, I pick him to beat anybody. Mm. Anybody. Mm. Well, but, we got one more hit from Brandon in Houston who says, with you being such a big wrestling fan, I'm sure you've seen the show The Dark Side of the Ring. Have you? You know, I've been living under a rock, but I'm oh. definitely going to look up that. All right. Well, the rest of this won't make sense because he said if you have creative control over a dark side of boxing, what would the topic uh, be of your first episode? But you would have needed to watch the um, show, I guess. Well, that makes sense. Um, Well, shit, my topic would be one. I'm pretty sure they're talking about what happened after after their careers, mm-hmm. mm. after their luxurious careers and what happened in between their careers. But I would love to talk about like the real fights that like had broke out in the midst of this entertainment. Mm-hmm. You like, saying fights inside or outside inside, the ring? Oh, inside okay. the ring. Like okay. people getting too too serious about it. Okay. You know, you have people that's juiced up on steroids, some of them juiced up on steroids and this mm-hmm. and that, and they go out to have a, have a good day and whatever. You know, and then they kind of just like don't want to have a good day. I don't know. I would love to talk about that. I would love to talk about just the ins and outs of, of um, the po- the politics and how we find these highly marketable wrestlers that can put on a big show and become the next mega superstar like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Rick like Flair. like Ric Flair, like. The Hulk, have you, like like Hulk and all of these guys, it's, it's a lot of them. Have you been able to get uh, any sort of relationship with Ric Flair? Obviously, you know. Um, I spoke to him a couple times. Okay, I spoke to him a couple times. Could we expect maybe a ring walk or something like that one of these days? Possibly. Okay. Possibly. Mm. Uh, we got another super chat from Mr. PBC. 
Devin the baby boy, 25 to life, wants too much money. <clears throat> wants too much money, and when he fights, he's not the future of boxing. Not to be rude. Not to be rude. Uh, Billy, shout out to Cobbs what boxing needs. Mm. Okay. Hey, man, that, that might be very much true. You know, if if you keep... Now, definitely, money is definitely part of everything and definitely part of boxing. But if you hold money to to a level where it's, though, like, it's more important than your career and it's more important than putting on a fight for fans to, like, to see something special, sometimes you're going to have those guys where it's, though, like, hey, man, I'm, shit, I'm, I'm worth more than, like, than what you're paying me. You know? I mean, he is going to Australia. It is for undisputed. Caleb Plant just got ten million in his undisputed fight. I don't even trust no fight in Australia, unfortunately. After they, the Pacquiao they, they horn fight, Pacquiao, come on, don't oh. rob anybody at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I don't. I don't really uh, trust that. But they should definitely hold the fight. Um, how about this, New York? Since since Las Vegas is definitely not like safe. Mm-hmm. How about we do it in New York in the Madison Square Garden? You know, I like, like that. that's that's an that's you an know, even uh, that's an even field. Eddie Hearn also uh, mentioned um, not that long ago that there was interest from Dubai from the Middle East and that they were interested in bringing it over there. I love I like I, that too. I, yeah. I, I love I like that, that too, too. Right? You know, no no interested parties in that. Right? You know, I just don't like the like the timing of everything. In like we're not going we're not going to be able to see that fight live. It's going to be incredibly hard. And, like, we had those type of fights before, and they just didn't work out quite well for, like, just boxing fans, period. All of them. <laughs> because the only people that's there in Saudi Arabia is kings and queens of Saudi Arabia. You know what I mean? Not, it's just, it kind of it hurts well, the, I, the whole thing. You sometimes. know, I think right now the Middle East, Dubai specifically, is obviously making the push for boxing. Pro mm-hmm. Bellum, mm-hmm. we've seen them host a few shows. A lot of fights. Um, since they, and they're just getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they, <laughs> they have the Coca-Cola Arena in the city of Dubai that holds about 20,000, which is similar to like the T-Mobile Arena, okay. Madison wow. Square Garden here. So, you know, um, I think that it'd be more serious more, you know, a lot more interest, and they could do what the I UFC, like what the UFC did during the pandemic, which they went to Abu Fight Island. Fight w- Island. Well, what I was gonna say, they went to Abu Dhabi, right, which is in the UAE, mm-hmm. just like Dubai is. But they, their pay per views out there that they would host, they would do them Sunday morning, so it was still prime time here in America, still Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Mr. PBC with another super chat says, "Cobbs, please name four letters of your next opponent." B O O T. Oh man, I wish <laughs> that would have been dope. <laughs> like, uh, nah, I can't. I can't say too much because honestly, like I'm, I'm really living off a of prayer, man. I'm yeah. living off a of prayer. I'm living like off of like one blessing at a time, and like it, like let's just put it like this: it'll be a blessing and an honor for me to fight. Whoever the hell signs that contract, I thanked um, my Brad last Solomon. opponent. I, yeah, I, I thank Brad Solomon truly for signing that contract. You know, even though he had a really good matter of fact, he had a longer period of time of training than I did. <laughs> like, mm. You know, they were prepared for me. It wasn't a two week notice fight like Virgil. It was a two month notice for me. No, it actually was three. It might have been three. 
mm-hmm. like you know, and I thanked them. I thanked them a lot, you know, because because look, man, we're we're out here putting our lives on the line, you know, to to mm-hmm. to give you guys excitement and give Absolutely. you guys entertainment. Well, you know, you definitely brought a lot of excitement and to this interview and entertainment to the show. Um, Obviously, a lot of interactions, a lot of questions from the fans, a lot of mm-hmm. comments and criticism from the fans. Thank you. Give, um, give me one more criticism. Uh, that that's what that's what I got right now. Unless you got anything else, I no, that's it. You you you've made it through the through both gauntlets here, man. You're good. Um, you know, I just want you to that's your camera right there, right? I want you to look into your camera and send a message to the welterweight division. Yeah, specifically Boots and his first. We could do it in segments. So this one is for Boots. Then I'm we'll tired go to of Mikey. On boots, man. We're gonna go oh, Boots, <laughs> Mikey, uh, Terrence, Earl. So Boots first. Ready? I don't even want Earl, man. Like I want to. I want to see what happens to him. You don't first. want a unified world champion? I don't care about him. I think that he's gonna end up losing those titles. Mm. You know, if 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 he's not okay, you know, health wise, I like. I'm not really. I'm not even messing with. Him. I just want. I just want to like see him be good. I want to see him be good. You know, um, Terrence Crawford. I definitely want that. I want that smoke. Terrence Crawford, I dare you to fight me. Mm. You ain't fighting nobody else. You ain't fighting nobody else, man. Yes, you, you, you have a handpick of fighters of the litter that are not real attractions. You have Blair to Flair, a big major attraction that's talking the most shit, and you're going to have a big promotional fight on your hands. Why not sign to a fight? To your doom to fight Blair to Flair. Why not? And give give Blair to Flair a shot. He sure as hell needed. I mean, he sure as hell been through it too. He's been through the fucking shit mm-hmm. and the fucking hell. There's nobody that deserves a better shot than Blair to Flair, period. Um Boots Ennis. Boots Ennis. Philly's on. I don't give a shit mm. how good you think you are. I don't give a shit. And one thing that you need to really understand is that, like, first of all, you can be a good boxer, and that's that's the highest level that you're going to be. Mm. But then you got me that can possibly rise to mega star attraction. Now, you're talking about levels. But when Blair Flair is a mega star attraction, I could just leave your ass hanging, too, just like you left me hanging. You didn't fight nobody to be talking like, oh, I got, I'm on the next level. Oh, I got, I got rankage. Like, motherfucker, like, even if you lost against me, yeah, you still be ranked top 10. So you really didn't have that much to lose outside of the simple fact that you're just not the best. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm taking my city back. Mm. Or I'm burning it to the ground. Period. Like, you're not going to, I'm not, I'm not being silenced. You're not going to silence me. I'm still here. I survived. Oh, Virgil Ortiz. Virgil Ortiz is an incredible athlete. You know, and he deserves a great fight. What's a great fight? Blair Flair is a great fight. It's a great fight for him. If he can't get the fight with um, Terrence Crawford, and I love that, you know, let's see what happens with Blair Flair. Who's next, Blair? Who, who else you got a message for? Man. Danny Garcia. I want Philly. Well, I love I love the idea of boxing Danny Garcia. He's an incredible athlete. I love to box him too. We can fight Danny Garcia if Danny Garcia wants that type of smoke, you know. But um, you know that that'll be great. I really I really want um Mikey Garcia. Mm. He's still ranked number two 
in the WBC even after taking a loss to a tune-up fight. Mm. I ain't no goddamn tune-up fight. But look at me, man. I only like my record ain't that great. What you got to lose? <laughs> you gonna get a fucking ass whooping. That's what you're really gonna get. But mm. you deserve it. You deserve a big shot. You deserve a big crowd. And you deserve a big performance. Why not put it on with Blitter Flair? Why not? I'm on your side too. Like, why not? Did we miss anybody, Blair? You got Adrian Broner. Mm. Keep calling him out. The hit list. Adrian Broner. A B. We're we're actually really good friends. And um I respect. If you're Adrian friends, you're gonna get this money together. <clears throat> exactly. You know, um I know that this. That is it's like boxing is about business and about money and you want money and this and that. Well, there's just not too many big fights out there that you haven't already fought that is going to be a big attraction than Blair to Flair. It's a big fight. Mm-hmm. Why not make it happen? Why not? You know, why not make it happen? Matter of fact, I got the, I got the fucking money people too. I got the money people too. We offer $3 million. To zone? No, not even the zone. Oh. Blair own. Blair zone. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like You got three million for him. I got, well, I got I got people, I got very, very um interesting people mm. in my corner. And I got very interesting people that, that like, you know, that's one that wanted to see Blair Flair be a big attraction. So you Why got three million dollars for, 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 for Adrian Broner to step in the ring with you. I can get it. Yeah. But then like we gotta see what happens. Um, Adrian Broner wants more mm. And it's like okay And he believes that he deserves more And you know what Maybe he does You know um, I don't want him to fight Fucking um, What's it call it Connor Ben Connor Ben No mm-hmm. You want that fight I don't Like I think I just need it more than him Yeah no I get you You know Cause like Connor Ben He's, he's already He's being moving. moved well He's being moved well and I don't think that like a, a star boxer, a true entertainer in boxing like Adrian Broner should be wasted on somebody that's overseas. Mm. I've been in the hood. I'm in the hood. I'm like you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Looking for my opportunity. Let's go. I started off where you started off. You know, why not give that opportunity to somebody that's willing to bring up the people around you mm-hmm. that fight for you? Mm. You know, I think that that's that's where that lies. You know, I think that that's probably the most exciting um, ticket in boxing in a very long time, where we actually bring boxing back to its uh, its real nature of entertainment. I like like you think about it like this, like we had crazy sellouts with people that has absolutely nothing to do with nothing boxing. to do with boxing. Mm-hmm. But what happens when two mega appealing mega stars people that actually can be entertainers inside and outside the ring collide mm. you have something special you have a mega fight that that brings that like pulls people from all types of life mm-hmm. into the boxing realm mm. i think that's how we make boxing great again you know by being being what we are entertainers and then also actually really knowing how to fight. Because mm. you could be an entertainer and not know how to fight. Like, 
you know, some of these Logan's brothers, mm. you know. I mean, can you really discredit them, though? They're, they put in the work in the gym. Yeah, they, I mean, look, they, they're their I'm own not, thing. They're their I'm own not, thing. Yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to find their own niche and everything. And you know why they've, they've gotten to that point? They've fan gotten base. to. Yeah. No, it's not just the fan base. It's the fact that boxing got boring. Mm, that's true. It's the fact that we have champions like Terrence Crawford mm. that need to give it up. Oh, why does he got to give it up? Because he's not appealing. He ain't doing enough. He's a good fighter. He's not a great fighter. That's the problem. Mm. He's not. He's not. He's not trying to be great. And uh, that's I a got. Problem. I got a. I got a super chat from Mister uh, PBC who says, "What cops think of Thurman's fight with Barrios?" I think he did a good job, and I think that Barrios did a great job, too. They both did a great, tremendous job, and they put on a good performance. Um, when it comes to um, um, Keith Thurman, you can fight me, too. Please fight me. Please fight me. But like, what I see outside of that is the fact that like he really didn't change his, his habits. He didn't change his flaws. And... Um, he can he can definitely get exposed if he fights me or Ennis. Mm. And um I would even venture to say and and also the other guys like um Terrence Crawford and maybe even Earl Spence. I think that he 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 would get a he he wouldn't he wouldn't leave that that fight without taking some real bad damage. Right. Would you make would you make a second fight in a row? We saw it in the Pacquiao fight, we saw it in this fight. Gets touched to the body and he takes his mouthpiece out. His mouthpiece out, huh? I mean, we saw it in the Pacquiao fight, we saw it in this fight. Um That was really interesting. Did he put it back in? Yeah. Skills, right? Take some skills yeah, to do that this, shit. This motherfucker's in game. Like, pow! Oh shit. <laughs> Throw that shit right. back in. <laughs> Mr. PBC with another super chat says, dude speaks facts. Fuck the haters. Yes. Sir. Um Man, fuck the haters. And like, but I love the haters. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> but look, that's all our questions. Yeah. We're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Listen, uh, give out your social media for those that are following you or that are crazy enough not to be following you can know where to do so. Absolutely, because you must be insane if you don't know Blair to Flair. If you don't know Blair to Flair, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Blair to Flair. And for more exciting content, official BlairtheFlair.com. Woo! Because nobody does it better, baby. Let's go. Well, uh, I want to thank you, obviously, uh, Mr. Cobbs, for coming in. But you know when it's time to make that announcement, we want you to come and do that. Uh, right here. Yes, come and do that right here. Oh shit! Then uh, let me let me make a call right quick. Yeah, they man. sign like. Yeah, man. keep <laughs> us posted. Itching. Keep you us know, posted, man. Absolutely. But, I'm dying for a fight. Uh, give us an intermission so we can go ahead and take this picture with Blair, and we'll be right back.
All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. That was an entertaining interview. Shout out to Blair the Flair Cobbs. Woo! One of the most exciting welterweights in the welterweight division, without a doubt. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing him live up to those words. You know, talking about Ennis, the big bad wolf. I don't know. That'll get you some problems. But uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Stick around because it looks like Jorge Capetillo and uh, Miguel Burchell will be on Pauly TV. So you can catch that on Pauly.tv on YouTube. Nest GTO, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can catch Ringwalk Danny at Ringwalk Danny, but he's no longer in the studio. Till the next one.